Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's AD Drew. And uh, we are... You, you, you good now? You good now, Drew? You good? Of course not. This would happen when you knock equipment over right before the show was about to begin. You can't get everything set back up where it's supposed to be at. I got you. It's never quite where it's supposed to be, where you want it to be when you need it to be there, right? There, there you go. Ah, you look good. You look good. Well, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you got a a good extra sixty minutes of rest, and that you're feeling. Oh, boy, empowered. did I need it? Yeah. Yes, are you sir. A, are you a fan of this whole? Now, what is it? Is it daylight? savings time is that is that what just occurred i i still can't yes. get right okay so it's daylight savings yes time. but i don't, don't feel like we're, are, we're really not. are we saving any daytime though because i feel like we this is the period when what, what, gets darker yeah well the daylight savings time portion is during the month when you set your clock forward because uh, you get more hours of daylight. And there's a whole history behind why America went to this, when America went to it, a few other countries adopted it. You know, they've talking about making it permanent with the daylight savings time, uh, you know, but today's show is not the show to get into that because <laughs> we've got a jam-packed show and we've got too much football to talk about. We'll save that for maybe in March when we move the clocks forward. And the only thing we have during that time is wrapping up basketball and baseball and softball. So we'll probably have a little bit more time in March. But November is not the time to talk about it. But we got an extra 60 minutes, Drew. I mean, we got more than enough time. Not on this podcast, we don't. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Okay, so I may have to go in and reword the title of the show uh, from an extra 60 minute episode <laughs> just to a, uh, <laughs> cause you know what that means, you know, sometimes we get a, we get a habit of going long a little bit when we do these things. Can, can I get something out the way? Last thing on this daylight savings time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to give y'all a hint. If you work today, you can use the, I didn't get to work on time excuse, but it's really 
doesn't work because the clocks move back an hour. So even if you were late, you should have been early today. You got to save that one for March. You can't use this tomorrow, the gotcha. clock and everything else. Because you, especially now where everybody has cell phones and your cell phone automatically restarts. Back in the day, we used to be able to use that excuse, but not not anymore. Right, I get you. Can't can't really use that uh, anymore the way it goes. Well, Drew already mentioned to you, um, we got a busy show tonight, uh, so it's appropriate that we do get an extra sixty minutes. In theory, maybe in our minds, we get an extra 60 minutes because we got coaches, media folk coming in because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, week 10 just concluded. Uh, coming up in the show at the bottom of hour one, Stephen Gaither of HBCUGameDay.com is going to join us. We're going to talk about the CIAA, hit on a few other things as well. Then at the top of hour two, uh, really in hour two, it's our coaches hour because we're going to first start with uh, the head coach of the Northern Division CIAA champions. That's right. The Virginia Union Panthers, Dr. Alvin Parker, is going to join us at the top of the hour. Then at the bottom of the hour, our coach, uh, Coach Ferrasi Norman, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. And then, you know, the overtime edition, that extra 60 minutes that we talk about, that we sometimes do go over. Uh, we got Charles Edmond of sometimes. All State Sports Network. Every week doing football season. Yeah, yeah. He, he's going to join us in, I guess we just call that the 8 o'clock hour or the hour number three because the Braves. Bonus hour. I like bonus hour. I like the bonus hour, too. The bonus hour, the Braves. Uh, I I don't, I'm about I was about to say something real not PC. I, I I'm gonna say it anyway. They they cut the Jaguars' tail off. I was gonna say scalped them, but they cut their tail off. Is what they did. That's what they did. They they cut the Jaguars' tail off and sent them back to Baton Rouge, licking their wounds. Uh, we're gonna talk to them. The hot, you know, and and now Alcorn is in that mode of being one of those hot teams that everybody's talking about but uh before we get into the good the good news want to thank everybody for jumping in if you're watching us on the youtube channel the jericho broadcast network's youtube page make sure you hit that thumbs up button hopefully you are already subscribed you can also join and become a jbn member and show your support to uh everything that we do here at the black college sports network um by uh, becoming a jbn member uh, you can also join the page and uh if you're watching us on facebook whether you're on the uh sports rap facebook page or on the uh black college sports network facebook page hit the thumbs up button make sure you're joined and uh, everybody share the show that'd be great go ahead and share the show uh thank everybody for coming in you know quick roll call that i see on people i see coach there's coach ferrasi already checked in uh tamra t good to see you as well Jeff Roberts, Aggie Pride, yeah. Uh, there's still, still some pride in that in that saying. Uh, I, I actually backed you guys, Jeff, and, and was let down. I I backed Hampton. I put Hampton and A and T on a two teamer, Drew, and I'm thinking there's no way on Jiho that 
A&T would let me down. I knew Hampton was going to win. I just had a feeling with Hampton's quarterback and running back coming back. I just knew. I just, man, gee, 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 dang it. That's that's what I'm going to say right there. So y'all let me down, Jeff. Your boys G- let dang me down. it for g Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Y'all let me down. Appreciate you, Chuck Hunt, checking in. One of them sad days in Louisiana, boy. Grambling, loses. Uh, Southern, of course. Taking out to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Israel, good to see you checking in. You got to explain to us, Israel, what that fan was thinking about, that JSU fanatic who got his tail whooped by a tuba player in the Ocean of Soul. You you have to explain to us what the hell was he thinking. Because he got whooped while the dude was playing a note, got knocked out, and then the dude and the, and the tuba player was still playing. Bum, 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 I was just like, holy cow. Uh, so that, that's yeah. some skills, Brian. That was skills. That was skills. That that goes down as the punch of the day, uh, punch of the week, might be the punch of the month. You, you show me somebody that can uh, handle a tuba and a two-piece, and you show me a guy that I want to go to battle with. So the Ocean of Souls should jump up in the HBC Band of the Year rankings because of that. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. They should jump up in the rankings uh, what's that section? The uh, I don't know if there's a section for the stand band or or whatever you do. Auxiliaries. The auxiliaries. Yes, that's auxiliaries. Yes, that that was an auxiliary two piece that he put on that fanatic. I I gotta know more about that story, <laughs> but beautiful. You and, know. and maybe he'll jump up at Doctor Cavill's pole. Maybe Doctor Cavill will give him some credit. I would. I would. That 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 was a win right there. I don't care what happened on the field, but that that was a win. Right there. That was a win for Swack Nation, matter of fact. Anyway, um, okay, yeah, thank you guys for uh, spring up, fall back. Appreciate you, Rattler, 32114. Uh, Bull, good to see you coming in, Bull. Uh, lifetime member of the uh, Rattler Booster Club. Um, let me see. What is this Chuck said? There are, there are times that automatically change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we got that. Sorry about that. Edward, um, uh, let's see. Is Steven going to be at Winston-Salem on Tuesday for first take. Oh, that's interesting. Well, we'll ask him when he, well, when he comes in. You can in. ask him yourself. Yeah, exactly. Edward, you can ask him when he comes in. Uh, Mary start 305. Uh, start. There it is. Start. Uh, Mary 305, all good right. to see you. David Garner, yes. Alcorn, very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, I see Joshua I, Jackson from Ever Waters is in on the chat. Uh-huh. How do we buy tickets for the CIW? Finish the season. I'm Maybe sorry, Steve can help us with that. Uh, yeah, um, I you know there are a lot of logistics that I have questions about regarding all of this stuff, um, and you would you would think that tickets would already be available to purchase. I mean, it's not like you didn't know the games were going to be in Salem. It's not like Jeff. Have you checked Ticketmaster? I'm gonna start there and say, have you checked Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster is where I would would start. Uh, yes. Joshua Jackson, the voice of Edward Waters uh, University, uh, checking in. Good to see you, Josh. Good to see you. Looking Jackson. for a beach bowl, be Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I saw saw uh, Prez doing some campaigning uh, online. So, uh, interesting matchup. We'll talk about that and some other things um, from Edward Waters and the SIAC. Uh, Tony Lee Dunstan, Eagle Pride. Um, I'm assuming that's a North Carolina Central 
eagle that's checking in. Aren't they the only eagles? How many other eagles are there, Drew? Yeah, you got me thinking. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm think, checking. I think you might be right on that. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, some somebody, Tamara, we, we'll have to we'll have, we'll have to send you the link and uh and uh, maybe if I'm good enough, I can punch it up on on uh, on the screen and pop it up. But uh, uh, somebody somebody uh, somebody post a link so Tamara can see uh, what happened in that little incident in the, in the stands at Jackson State. Get your SWAC championship tickets December second in. Uh, Tallahassee, that's where the SWAC championship game will be played. And I'm going to give you guys a pro tip right now. And I hope I'm not messing myself up here. Airbnb is what you need to let. I won't say that real quietly. I won't be too loud about it. Airbnb. Don't worry about the Can hotels. Can I give you another tip? Yeah. I'm going to give you two other tips. If you yeah. must stay in a hotel, stay in Georgia. Come to okay. Thomasville, Georgia, and stay. What's that? Thirty minutes away, right? Uh, it's about forty-five minutes to campus. Okay. Say save you about a hundred dollars, <laughs> a couple hundred dollars. Definitely will save you a couple of hundred dollars easily. Yes. Per night, and if you got to be in Tallahassee, rent you a Winnebago. Park at an RV park, and you'll save some money also. Hmm. I may try that. Huh. That's a good idea. Okay, Josh chimes in. Here's another eagle, Coppin State. So we got uh, the Coppin State Eagles. We got the North Carolina Central. So there's two eagles. All right. There we go. Both in the MEAC. Both in the MEAC. Is that is that the compliment to all the Tigers in the SIEC? The, the Eagles, yeah. Some with color, some without. Yeah, you know, it's got to be. Gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> uh, shout out to Will, you, uh, put, you put it on. You put it on us. Yeah, shout out to uh, Florida Memorial. We'll talk about them in a moment. Got a win, uh, five conference wins now. Got a chance to really make some history. Um, coming up here in the final regular and, season. And I'll game. say this, Will. That was some BS of what happened to your coach. And that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, Drew was telling me about that on the back end. So, yeah. Okay. Um, let me let me do this real quick, Drew. I want to pull hey. in a quick slide. Hey, before we get start, before we get started, Brian, uh, can I get a uh, point of special privilege? What do you got? Uh, this is this is on a personal note. Some of you guys, uh, if you watched uh, Doctor Kavir's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab today uh you know i made a, a note about today is my late sister's uh birthday she would have been 39 years old she passed away in march of 2021 2022 excuse me got the years wrong march of 2022 so uh today is her birthday so it's a uh it's a special day for me and uh I'll put the link in here later, but uh, after her untimely death, there was a foundation started, the Core Faith Walker Foundation, which provides free legal, physical, and mental health services throughout the 
through health and wellness advocacy and outreach to individuals in the community in St. Louis, Missouri, where she lived, and in Ferguson, Missouri, where she served as a state legislature. Uh, if anybody remembers the Michael Brown incident, she was elected after the Michael Brown incident in Ferguson back in 2014. So uh, just wanted to uh, make note of that today. They had a, uh, a fundraising brunch today. So uh, just want to shout, shout out to members of my family, both with the same last name and uh, all, all of my cousins and everything else. Uh, but I'm here for the show. I'm here for the people today. Um, well, uh, true that. True. I, you know what? I missed that part of the show. So uh, um, prayers up to your family. Um, I know how I know firsthand how those uh, birthdays can be in, uh, in especially in that in that first year to two years, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I know that can be, I know that can be tough. So, uh, and I know Andrew did put the, uh, the link there in the uh, chat. So for those of you, uh, please take a, take a, take a moment, maybe during one of the breaks or something and, uh, and hit that link up. Okay. Of, of all the action that's going on, the C, the SIC is the gift that keeps giving. And it had been giving and giving these last few weeks. And wouldn't you know it, we get down to the last week, maybe the last hour, the last flipping game, Drew. And it is the gift that gave. And let's let's set this up in order. I don't know if you saw the show notes, but let's kind of run it in a particular order. Because obviously, going into Saturday, you had top six teams all playing each other. So the drama was right there in the game. You had Benedict playing Allen. You had Miles playing Tuskegee. And you had Albany State playing Fort Valley. Right? That was all the now one of the things that I'm I'm gonna go in, I'm, I'm gonna start on this, Drew, and this this is gonna get hot. Because we talked about scenarios, right? We've been asking the SIC to give us some scenarios, right? About two weeks before. Right when we saw this coming, right, you know, we were like, "Give us some. What are the tiebreakers?" Just give us the tiebreak rules. Right. Just we don't need the scenarios yet. Early. We just need the tiebreak rules about two weeks out. Right. Right. So uh, I guess uh, right after our show last week, HBCU Game Day published the article with the scenario. So I guess they had either gotten a hold of it or it was released to them. Uh, so they posted the scenarios, and you know, we were talking about it on the show, trying to figure out what it might be. So they posted that. Then, curiously, Drew, the conference on Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, matter of fact, 11-3, says the SIC announces contenders ahead of 2023 SIC football championship presented by Cricket. Benedict leads the pack, right? And so what they did in the article, I'll just summarize they gave you scenarios. Scenario one, what would happen if Tuskegee were to win? Scenario two, what would happen if Fort Valley State won and Tuskegee lost? And then scenario three, if Albany State wins and Tuskegee losses or lost. But Drew, you pointed out something to me that I want you to repeat here. There was there was a there was something that really ticked you off about that article that came out. They assumed that Benedict was going to win. 
nowhere in that release does it say what happens if Benedict would have lost. Everybody say Benedict already had everything sold up, and they may have. But there was there was a realistic scenario if Benedict would have lost to Allen, where Benedict, huh? I was saying, what would that have meant for Allen? Uh, well, let's, let's stay with Benedict right now. Okay, I got you. I got you. Let's stay with the Benedict. Bring up another. Let's stay with the Benedict. Right. But there was a there was a realistic scenario where Benedict, Fort Valley, and Tuskegee all would have had one loss. Right. Nowhere yep. in that release. Nowhere in the article released to H. Uh, I believe it was, was it HBCU. I believe it was HBCU Sports, wasn't it? I thought it was game day, but it could have been sports. I, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, Whoever on. it was released to. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. Keep talking. Yeah. Whoever was released to, nobody, there was really no clarification of what happens with that three-way tie between those th- three people. So that that was uh, issue number one. And you want me to leave right there? You want me to keep going? Oh well, go ahead. Lead in, lead into the next thing. Uh, the next thing is kind of interesting as well. Are you talking about Allen and Edward Waters? Yes, yes. And I have the article pulled up so I can read per per their their statement about them. Um, if you want, go ahead and and read it. I... So, and, and this is, let me let me also mention. You mentioned something about the Benedict thing in the article. They do mention here, after talking about the matchups, it says, depending on the outcomes, the conference could witness a four-way tiebreaker, which I think is what possibly you're referring to, right? No. 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 Well, and, and here's why I say that. Because that's say, a separate one. Okay, but they do say, in this critical juncture, the highest winning conference percentage among the common opponents will determine who advances to face Benedict during the championship game. Aha, so there you're right. You're right. There, there's an assumption already that Benedict is going to the championship game regardless. Right? I see what you're saying. Like I say, that may have been the point, but that, that should have been uh, stated a lot clearer that Benedict has has – will win a tiebreaker against Tuskegee and Fort Valley. That's all I'm saying. One, one extra line. Okay. The and article if you want to break it down based on A, B, and C. Right. The article goes on the state. NC, and then, then under a headline called NCA qualifications. It's important to note that while Allen and Edward Waters have made commendable strides this season, the programs are not eligible to participate in the football championship. Teams competing in the SIC football championship must be active NCAA member institutions. Allen and Edward Waters are currently provisional member institutions. Well, Josh, that- I know you want. I know you on the on the chat lines. You may want to private. You may want to text me instead of chatting some things to. I'm going. I, no, don't worry, because the president of Edwards Waters University, in response to uh, a tweet from um, D2 HBCU football guy, 
uh, in which basically his question was, you know, if why would the teams that aren't eligible for the championship, why would they count against teams going? So Dr. Dr. A. Uh, Zachary Faison Jr. commented that the SIC doesn't have any teams ineligible for the conference championship. And he said, if you're referring to us, Edward Waters and Allen, you're wrong. As D2 provisionals, our teams are fully eligible for all conference championships. We simply can't go to NCAA postseason play, the national championship, uh, NCAA national playoffs and national tournaments. And he used two very good examples that recently involved Edward Waters, who are the reigning SIAC softball champions and their men's volleyball championships, uh, and that their basketball teams played in the conference tournament, advancing to the semifinals in men and women's play, and that the women's volleyball team is the two-time defending SIC Eastern Division champs and last year's tournament runner-up. I will tell you, Drew, from a uh, conversation that I had with Doc, he was very surprised that the conference had put this out because uh, according to the, you know, information that, you know, hey, look, they are a paying member of the SIC. Uh, if Edward Water, if Edward Waters or Allen, I, I can't speak for Allen, but let's just say if Edward Waters had uh, beaten Allen University, they would have been in the hunt, right? Uh, they were very much in the mix and should have been in the mix for this. So uh, let's just say it was very surprising that the the SIC really got saved because this could have been a cluster in a major way uh, with big-time egg on their face uh, had it gone a couple of different avenues in this in this scenario um and so i i'll just i'll just put it at that anything you want to add in there drew well with that argument there would also be the argument that tuskegee shouldn't go to the sic championship game because they cannot go to the D2 playoffs because they play in the Turkey Day Classic. Mm-hmm. Just throwing something out there. Now, I trust President Faison and what, what he says, and I know he's very careful with his wording because he is an attorney. Mm-hmm. So uh, j- j- just some of those things. But, yeah, there was a real scenario where the – just based on what the information was released. I'm pretty sure they had a plan. But based on what was released, there could have been real egg in the face of the SIC. The one thing I did find out was uh, Miles basically had no shot. But as a fan, you don't... How can we... We did not know. They had no shot. We did not know. As a fan of any one of those four or five teams, we did not know what it took for us to get in. If I'm I'm an Allen fan, I didn't know if I had a chance to get in. 
I thought I had a chance to possibly get in. Now, according to this, I don't have a chance. Why don't I have a chance? Same thing with the, with the Edward Waters. You know, I still don't understand how Tuskegee could have won that tiebreaker because, but there was that one little line, if you read it at the end, Brian, that said head-to-head matchups outside of the conference could be used to determine a tiebreaker. <laughs> Which means that actually you see that line you see that line I'm talking about? Hold on, let me let me where can I is at the end. It's at the end, Brian. I don't have the article in front of me, but it's at the end. But that actually meant that that uh Red Tails classic that we had overlooked because it was a non-conference conference game wound up being a factor in this. The way that's read, it's not in the SIEC article. It's in the uh, it's in the HBC. It's in the other article. Okay, it is. Okay, huh? Yes. Well, so we let's put a pen in that. Yeah, yeah. We we because uh, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk to uh, Stephen Gaither, um, not only about these outcomes in the SIC, but we'll talk about the CIAA as well because. Uh, it, it just a fabulous weekend uh, of action and drama. And it, trust me, it went down literally to the final hour where one team that made it to the championship really kind of found out as they were getting off the bus from playing a game in which, I mean, look, we remember, remember when we talked about a team that probably had maybe like a percent chance of winning or probably that maybe that one percent chance of winning and getting to uh the the sic championship well doggone it true this is why you never say never because that one percent <laughs> turned into 100 percent, and they're going to the sic championship game the, the team with the worst overall record of all the teams in contention is the one that'll be playing in atlanta let's go to break you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back here in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. 
you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Joining us right now, uh, Stephen Gaither of uh, HBCUGameDay.com. Uh, Steve, how you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. How are you gentlemen today? Hey, we're doing well, man. Doing well. I uh, doing well. got a chance to catch uh, part of your, your show, uh, D2 Football Matters, uh, earlier this afternoon. Um, and so you kind of jump in right we, – we get you in right at that, a key point in time is what we were just talking about. I don't know if you caught or how much of uh, – before you jumped in, you caught uh, about the tie-breaking scenarios prior to the outcomes from yesterday's SIC games. Did the tie-breaking scenarios make sense to you? And, and I apologize. I, I couldn't I, – I don't know if that was an article you wrote or was it – Sports, HBCU Sports, I wrote it. Um, what was your thoughts on the tie-breaking scenarios going in? No, nah, that was uh, that was our that was our article. Um, okay. So you know, I got that from uh, you know, source inside the SIC. Just again, this was uh, early last week after uh, week nine had just finished. Um, so that was kind of just you know, it was basically just the the formula. It didn't really have like the meat on the bones as far as the actual. Uh, teams, specific scenarios. I think that's what came out a little bit later. Um, so, um, you know, it, it was going to be interesting, obviously, you know, Benedict having no losses and everybody else having it, you know, two teams with one and a couple other teams sitting down there with two, you know, um, you know, it, it kind of didn't make sense that Bennett, you know, if it, it made sense to me that if Benedict won, they're in, if they lose, they're probably still in just because of the way, things worked out even though it was a little bit tricky because you know again they didn't play Tuskegee um so you know but as as fate would have it how things would go of course um you know we ended up with however many teams with two losses I think what three or four um I joked uh yesterday on the road back from Virginia Union and Virginia State that they should make um that they should make uh just the four teams that lost two games they should make them play uh, a quarter each against Benedict. Uh, it, it was a joke, and, and you know, shout out to that's before I knew who was going to be it. But it just, you know, it, it just shows you, um, you know, um, that conference uh, again. You know, they have uh, they're the largest HBCU football playing conference, so you've got a wide range of schools. You know, you know, teams that you know are at the bottom of the pile: Morehouse, Clark Atlanta, you know, uh, Savannah State, all those programs, and then. You kind of got this this middle this large middle tier where it's kind of like you know on any given Saturday, um, you know they could be the team to do it. So um, yeah, it, it, you know it was, it was I still was kind of confused once Tuskegee lost and uh, and Albany State was in because again that gives us they gave us four teams and it's almost um, I know you know Drew and you guys will remember this a couple years back when uh, we had what five MEAC teams finished with two losses and five co-champions, but it was Morgan State who was arguably 
not even arguably, they were the weakest team in the field. They got the bid to the FCS playoffs. So kind of just works out that way sometimes. Um, it's, it's interesting, too. I remember sitting at SIC Media Day and seeing Albany State pick to finish second with first-year head coach Gray. Um, and, and that's no shout, shout to him. I mean, obviously what he's done has been great. But they had a tough schedule to start. Um, you know, new coach, uh, rookie coach. You know, you figure there'd be some growing pains. And so to pick them second kind of just seemed like, oh, well, people are just saying that, you know, because what have you. But, um, you know, when the smoke clears, they're playing in the championship game. So uh, you can't begrudge them that or, you know, again, you just that's why we play the game. So. Yeah. Uh... And, and Steve, just just so you know, that year when we had five co-champions, that's where the phrase miakish was cool. Yeah, I, I figured that's where it came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a wild time. I mean, I know we were sitting there thinking, um, I recall sitting there thinking, like, there's no way that all this is going to happen. And then, you know, um, Tariq Cohen fumbles in the end zone in North Carolina Central, and you go from A&T, who looked like the best team in the MEAC that year, to, um, you know, again, the the five teams claiming the championship and ultimately Morgan State going. So um, it just shows you uh, HBCU football. Um, sometimes the parity can exist. I mean, I know, you know, we talked a lot this year about um, how it's being Benedict and everybody else in the SIC. At one point, it looked like it might be Virginia State and everybody else uh, in the CIAA. But clearly, um, the parity that, it, it, you know, goes on at HBCUs uh, can make for uh, – it can be a little bit torturing, but it can also make for some some exciting football. And there are those uh, – for, for people watching, obviously – the, the preseason rankings, you know, Benedict and Albany State were one, two. And I'll admit, I was one of those people when I saw this, I thought voters were being lazy. You know, I'm like, oh, come on. New coach. I mean, really? I mean, I love Quinn Gray, but the new coach, you know, you don't you don't really know what you got. Uh, you're, you're just inherently going to make them number two. huh? And Tuskegee, who went to the championship last year, you make them number three. Fort Valley had a strong team last year. You're going to make them four. You know, Savannah State, second-year coach. I, I just thought it was lazy. But what do you know? Albany State. One through four, up, they were pretty much right. Yeah, one through four uh, comes through, especially one and two, which all that mattered this year. Um, you know, and uh, so obviously for, for those who've been in a tunnel, maybe you don't know. Um, again, Benedict ended up beating Allen 37-9. to That was uh, one of the earlier games to start the day. Then you had the Fountain City Classic, uh, Albany State defeating Fort Valley State 13-7, to which I was surprised. I mean, look, again, we I'm not going to say we wrote off Albany State, but we gave them that 1% chance after the Edward Waters Bro, loss. Albany State was left for dead three weeks ago. They were. They were. After, the, after Edward Waters' loss uh, and just watching how they lost that game, I was there for that. I thought they were done. I, I'm thinking everybody else has a shot, but – I kind of kept telling myself if anybody could, you know, sort of throw some throw, throw, throw some juice in the punch, it was Albany State. And sure enough, that's what happens. They knock out Miles' quarterback, uh, get a big-time win. Then they turn around and beat Fort Valley State with great defense uh, after being down 7 to nothing. And, uh, and then, of course, Miles. I mean, look, talk about a big turnaround. The young man who came in in replacement of uh, – uh, the quarterback who got knocked out, he turns around and has a good game. Tell you what a week of practice and preparation can do for you. He has a good game and takes out Tuskegee. Uh, 35 to 10, Miles does, thus opening the door for Albany State, who the, uh, there's a great video from Coach Gray 
of his guys finding out that Miles is up 35 to 10 with about five minutes to go. And they're like, yo, wait a minute. We're going to the ship. It's uh, it's a crazy day the way it all uh, broke uh, broke out, man. So uh, classic stuff there over in the uh, SIC. Um any 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 thoughts you want to add there, Drew, on on the scenarios on how it all went down in those uh, in those three games? No, uh, like it's it's just interesting. Uh, there were a lot of people who wanted to see a new matchup because the Benedict had beat beaten Miles, although that was a competitive game, and a lot of people wanted to see that game again. Uh, Fort Valley. Didn't show a whole lot. Uh, Kelvin Durham was injured in that game, tried to play through it, but he uh, Benedict beat him like they stole something. But, you know, all these different scenarios, no one, and Steve, maybe you can help me out if y'all talked about that over there at HBCU game day, no one threw out Benedict Albany State as a possible game that they wanted to see, but it's a game that we are going to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's it's very interesting. Like you said, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago they looked dead in the water. Um, you know, I, you know, it's just uh, it, it's amazing how uh, that just shows you uh, college football. You know, you're really not dead until you in, until until it's no chance. Um, I know, uh, you know, uh, you know, you hold out that hope, um, even when it doesn't look good. You know, you hold out that hope, and you you hope, you know, somewhere, some, you know, somewhere somehow team can figure out figure it out and the ball if the ball can just bounce your way and look I per- from personal experience I've seen it bounce the other way repeatedly in the last couple of years so uh you know I I find my Albany State fan I'm super happy um you know obviously you know their program with a proud history um you know a lot of these new programs are upstart programs you know you would say like an Allen or um you know some of these other programs who don't have the winning background they do you know they look to be ahead of them and uh you know they just kept fighting under first year head coach and um you know like i said it's going to be really interesting um it's going to be interesting to see when the awards are handed out this week uh who gets what because you know obviously coach barry and doing what he's doing back to back undefeated seasons that's going to be um and that's hard to do anywhere um so shout out to him for doing that but then you also got you know coach keaton over there at allen uh, who had a seven and three season you got Coach Gray, who's you know a rookie head coach and got his team in the championship game. Um, so you know, it's just uh, I think it's just an exciting time. Um, you know, again, we've seen Fort Valley. Um, I was saw them against uh, Benedict a couple weeks ago, and and you know, at one point in the year, it looked like they might be a formidable foe for them. Like you say, Kelvin Kelvin Durham getting hurt, and then you know, last week, even last week when they slipped up and uh, and VUL pushed them a little bit. Um, and then you see this week. So it's, um, you know, college football is the, the crazy thing about it. And at the D2 level, you get 10 weeks. There's no uh, bye week. Um, I'm understanding that maybe there will be one soon. Um, you know, if this week zero thing goes on, goes uh, according to request. Well, there are some non-HBCU conferences that have a bye week. But for this CIAA and SIC, you know, it's a 10-week grind. It's a 10-week uh, thing. And then whoever's left standing at the end, you know, they can know that they've extremely been extremely battle-tested, except for maybe Fayetteville State and the CIAA South for the last couple years <laughs> until this year. So, Yeah. Hey, hey Steve, before we uh, switch over to the CIAA, uh, 
who's who's your coach of the year? You just mentioned some good coaches. You you mentioned what uh what Coach Keith did over there at Allen. You've got Coach Shea over there at uh at Miles. You've got uh Toriano Morgan, what he did down there at Edward Waters. You know, that's just three good candidates off the top of uh, my head. You got Quinn Gray, uh, who probably you know, I mean, he of he, uh, the teams, he probably, in theory, had the team that was uh, best set up to succeed. But those weren't his players, and a lot of his, a lot of players left to go with uh, to go with uh, Gabe over to Charleston Southern. So, who, who's your coach of the year if you had a vote? Uh, it's hard to not give it to Chance Berry again because of of what he uh, has done those back to back. Uh, winning, you know, perfect seasons. That's hard to do, even with you know the 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 pieces that they did lose. Uh, but I don't know, man. I I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just a, a sucker for a great story. But I, I I will go with Coach Keaton over at Allen. Um, you know, again to know that program. You know, five years. You know, well, five six years ago didn't exist. Um, they get into the SIC. They don't have their own practice field. They're having to bust it over and go practice over at University of South Carolina. And now they do have a practice field. I understand it's only like half of a field, um, you know, again, and I put, I put this out last week. Um, you know, you look at Clark Atlanta and you look at Morehouse with their great brand names and their great location. And they have not figured this football thing out in recent history. And Allen has come in uh, with the right head coach, the right administration uh, and no facilities, and look where they are right there in contention. So um, I think it's got to be in the state of South Carolina, though, and, um, you know, I, 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 I will go with Coach Keaton. Um, so, yeah, that, that would kind of be mine. Yeah, it, it'd be uh, – that, that's that's a tough one um, for for me. I, I'd, I'd probably go Keaton as – I'd probably go Keaton as well because I think if – again, when you look at those preseason – rankings uh he they were uh i think what what they what i have here and here they were 11th i mean preseason 11th and so below clark atlanta but yes below clark atlanta below central state <laughs> i mean below lane i uh, so that just tells you the perception and the you know the reality uh of and i guess uh i don't know i was just looking at the official standings here um, they finished five and three, but still, you know, going into going into the last week of the season, uh, they were they were one of the six teams that had a shot of getting to the championship game. So definitely uh, worthy of uh, coach of the year considerations. And they finished uh, what six and three or seven and three, six and three overall. Um, so yeah. very successful season for them. Um, Just for the record, Sam Shade is my choice. One win last year, took the job late. Program was decimated. Uh, Coach Ruffin took everything with him down to Tuskegee. And one year later, he's in contention for the SIEC title. That That's what we get by vote. Hey, I, 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 I respect that. I respect that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the votes come out. Um, I think is that. I think they probably do what voting from the coach the ads and coaches. I don't know if they allow media at the SIC or not. It's coaches and SIDs probably. No. Coaches, okay. Coaches and SIC. So that'd be interesting. All right, moving over to the CIAA. Uh, 
we get the matchup that I was hoping we'd get last year. You know, I was really rooting. I was probably in that in that bag of people who was really rooting for that Virginia Union Fayetteville State. You know, and then Union kind of stumbled on their way, and then Fayetteville State ended up winning. Fayetteville State did what they do, which is they win the South. Um, again, winning. I think they won last night. Yeah, okay. I didn't host it here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to get in and out of it quickly. I was trying to figure out how to say it without bringing it up. I was just going to say, I'm not going to say who they beat, but let's just say for the sixth consecutive week, Fayetteville State beat their opponent by seven points or less. Amazing what that team just continues to do. Um, I won't mention who they played. It's not, that's not the point. But anyway, the, uh, the, 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 the game that was the matchup was, uh, Right there at Hobie Field, uh, fifteen thousand people. Which, hey, look, that that was an amazing. I think back to the last time these two played at Hobie was the bucket water. What, what, what do we call that, Drew? The the water the bucket. Failed, the failed was it the water, water bucket, bucket game? I think it was the failed water bucket game um, in overtime. That was a head scratcher. But anyway, this time Union uh, wins thirty to twenty. They actually win the North. Uh, 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 what, what's your your thoughts on this game? A game that uh, defensively Virginia Union did what they had to do, but, you know, Virginia State made a ton of mistakes and had a ton of mistakes in that game. But I guess, you know, hey, defense wins out, and sometimes you got to capitalize on the other team's mistakes or be the team that makes the fewest mistakes in order to be able to win a ball game. Yeah, you know, I, um, I was actually at this game. I'm – I made the decision to uh, go 95 North instead of 95 South and missed that mess uh, <laughs> down down in Cumberland County. I went up to Richmond and, and I was in that number and, and it was great. Um, just a great crowd, uh, great, a beautiful day over there in, uh, in, in Virginia. Um, you know, crowd was everywhere. You see the, that's the home side, the, the away side was just as packed and they have, uh, it's almost like, and this is no, this but it's it's almost like a high school stadium and the fact that there's a big fence there's a fence around the field and the entire fence was lined up with people um you know who were there to cheer on their teams um you know uh virginia union is right there in richmond and virginia state uh, obviously a state school a lot of their alumni are there uh, so it was a it was a, it was a great atmosphere for uh east coast hbcu basketball uh, hbcu football um, and, you know, the game was the game, um, you know, both teams actually were shocking because they really used, well, Virginia State's been a passing team primarily. Um, they've been passing a lot more, but Virginia Union is a ground and pound three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, that field at Hovey Stadium has been there since 1906. And I feel like they've been using the same playbook since 1906. Sometimes when you talk about how much they like to run the ball. But, um, you know, it's been successful and it worked for them. But passing was really the the difference. Um, you know, Virginia Union, they didn't do a lot of it, but they just were able to do it very effectively. I think their quarterback was eight for 14 before those were touchdowns. The two of them were interceptions. So, um, you know, it was a, a very solid performance for Virginia Union. If you're Virginia State, uh, man, you know, there was a point in the season where you looked unstoppable. It looked like the CIAA was yours. You know, Coach Frazier um, and his guys do a great job there and, and they look dominant um but you know you know people will point to that elizabeth city game uh where they where they where nobody saw that w w loss coming but if you look back 
Um, previously, previous to that, they um, after they just had that thrashing of uh, Bowie State where they were yelling at our cameras about, you know, um, don't schedule them for homecoming. That's kind of where their season climaxed, because after that, they had their homecoming. It was in the rain. They took on uh, Bluefield State. And they got the win, but it wasn't as impressive as you would like. Then they go and lose to uh, Virginia, uh, Elizabeth City. Um, the kicking game hurt them there as it was definitely def detrimental on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, I talk about the people that so Saturday, their first kick. So they uh, Virginia Union goes down and scores on the first drive on the pass play. Virginia State drives down the field, gets into the red zone, can't score. They go kick a field goal. It may have been a 17, 18 yard field goal. And what they ended up doing was that I just was sitting, standing right there and they, it literally hit the goal post bounces on the ground and I could just see the refs shaking their head like no. And then that was pretty much the story of the day. Um, you know, Virginia, Virginia Union got up, uh, you know, got up early on them. Uh, Virginia State just had kicking woes all game, even, um, you know, on the extra points. There was an extra point that was that would have tied the game at 14. They ended up uh, having that blocked and it was returned for a two point. So that's a three point swing there. Um, then later uh, in the second half, the same thing happened. Uh, fortunately for Virginia Union, um, for Virginia State, Virginia Union was called for illegal substitution. Um, you know, their motto was play 411, but they were trying to play 412 and that didn't work. Um, but anyway, um, and then in the fourth quarter, there were uh, twice they were in trying to drive um, to cut in the lead. Again, they were down 30 to 20 at this point um, and two field goals they just missed. So um, the kicking game uh, betrayed them at the worst time. And They'll finish the regular season eight and two and hope that uh, hope that maybe they be up there, the team that the CIAA decides to send to the bowl game. But uh, if not a disappointing end to a really good season for Virginia State, Virginia Union, um, you know, really interested to see what they do. They, um, you know, last year, Fayetteville State was a Cinderella story in the CIAA. You know, they went four years in a row, couldn't win it. Fifth time was the charm. So now they're the defending champions, but they have to take on a Virginia Union team that's ready to ready for blood. They missed out on a chance to beat them at home uh, in a game, you know, a horrible storm here on the East Coast. And because it was a television game, they still had to play it. Kind of, and they got one of those trademark Fayetteville State ugly, low scoring, last minute wins. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how um, things play out uh, when we get to Salem uh, in a couple of days. Yeah, Drew Drew loves to say that game was played in a hurricane. Um, there were probably yeah. a total of uh were you at that game? I was not, but you know, you know how it is here on the East Coast, man. Once a year, usually in that second to third in that in that second to fourth uh game in September, you know, we usually get that storm, we usually get that that cycle that comes here on the East Coast. So um, you know, it was um, it, it was in effect that day, that night for sure. And I think if they didn't have to play it on HBCU Go for a TV, they probably would have played it another day uh, as Elizabeth City and Shaw did the next day, which is right down the road. So, yeah. Um, so I, I've got a so I, I guess. Now, how does the bowl the bowl thing? Is that decided by the conference or, or you know, and obviously what would you got? Virginia State would be an option. Obviously, the loser of this game, assuming that really drew, what are the, what are the playoff scenarios? Drew, I know you follow this heavily um, as it, as we get into that, you know, who has that opportunity potentially if, if, 
you know, however this game would work out. And I, I guess my question overall, Steve, would be, you know, who would be, in your mind, an exciting matchup for that CIAA-SIEC matchup? Um, I have to think it's Virginia State. Um, you know, we'll see, though. See, I mean, again, Fayetteville State is defending CIAA champion. I mean, who's to say who will win that game? Uh, but I think, um, you know, I think Fayetteville State, um, you know, they have uh, – they've, you know, they've been winning the CIAA South for the last six years. You know, they've been winning in the kiddie pool. Last year they they, they brought the championship back home to uh, Fayetteville, so uh, great for them. And then they went to the playoffs and laid an egg. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, even if they win, are they the team that's going to get in? Um, you know, again, there's no automatic bid, so we'll see Virginia Union. Um, you know, Saturday's win was huge for them because that was their biggest, I think that was their, their lone win against a team again with a winning record because of the way things worked out. I think, yeah, because I'm sorry. No, they also did beat Bowie State who finished six and four. So those are their two wins versus Virginia State. You know, they had the, the, FCS win, which looked good, but it didn't help them for D2. Um, and then also, you know, the two losses that they had. Um, so Virginia State's probably not going to be in. So I would say Virginia State, um, just to be safe. But, uh, you know, I think uh, any either of the Virginia schools or Fayetteville State, I think they, all of them will be uh, well represented as far as on the field. Now, the attendance and, you know, galvanizing a fan base to go in there, that's a whole different thing. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Steve Edward wants to know if you are going to the first take event on Tuesday at Winston Salem State. Oh yes, I, I'll be there. Yeah, you kind of kind of knew that was going to happen, Edward. Come on now. Um, and speaking of, well, no, let's not. Um, go ahead. Great. No, what, what I was gonna, I guess I was gonna go with the job instead of talking about the disappointment of Winston Salem State or anything like that. I'm going to shift and go to the season that Johnson C. Smith had. Um, That's not any better, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> On a personal level, but no, go ahead. No. Well, I mean, look, there's a team that uh, their best winning season in at least a decade. Uh, right. And, I, you know, um, and probably people might think a year ahead of schedule at that. What's your What's your take on – I know it's painful, but what's your take on uh, the season Johnson C. Smith had and uh, the postseason accolades? I mean, do you think there might be some postseason accolades for the Golden Bulls? Pain is all I know at this point in regards to that situation. But anyway, as regards to Johnson C. Smith, no. Um, so I do remember, uh, you know, Johnson C. Smith, again, again, they played Livingstone yesterday in the commemorative classic. Uh, which commemorates the first HBCU football game in history, 1892, took place in Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, so those two programs, um, you know, both them and Livingstone uh, both have, uh, have uh, you know, decided to be players in, in football. Um, Johnson C. Smith, um, you know, they brought home Maurice Flowers, uh, who is a former Smith star. He's a Charlotte guy. Um, and so, you know, last year they didn't have, uh, the season that they wanted, I think their quarterback got hurt pretty early. So, um, you know, it's definitely a situation where it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, we wrote a story earlier in the year and we talked about how, you know, they've been an HBCU sleeping giant. You know, they're a private school, uh, great location, um, you know, a lot going for. But they just, you know, football, consistent success in football has been evasive. 
Um, and so for them, uh, bringing Coach Flowers in was great, and that was a great start, but also having a commitment to football. We talk about a lot of our schools and are they committed to winning in football? And I, you know, I saw them pick six in the CIAA. Um, I kind of, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of like, six, you know, they were ahead of a lot of teams. They beat the last year. And usually in the, and usually in the HBCU ranks, you guys know that you're usually judged on what you did the previous year, but obviously folks knew that they had some things coming. They had a full allotment of scholarships, which definitely helps. Um, and so they've made that investment in their program and, you know, they've seen it pay off this year. So um, seven and three for under coach flowers, uh, giving them a lot of energy. Again, they got a great location. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things going on at the university. They got a new president. So there's a lot of new energy there. And so, uh, you know, Johnson C. Smith uh, is on the rise. And, you know, it's you know, I think it's uh, you know, where we laugh about the frustration about, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the, my alma mater and, and a lot of others, you know, being passed by. You got to look at these folks and say, hey, they said, hey, we decided to invest in this because we think it's important. And, you know, we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be a laughing stock anymore. So, um, you know, obviously what Coach uh, Flowers is building up there is a big is a big thing for them. And uh, it's just raising the bar. Um, and just like over in the SIC, you know, when you got a, a you know, a Tuskegee, um, you got a Morehouse and, you know, a lot of these programs that have been there for a long time. And, um, you know, they're going to have to really re realize whether figure out whether they're going to be able to invest to win because these other programs are looking to do it. So you can't just figure out you're going to roll out anymore and beat and beat these teams anymore. So um, kudos to uh, Johnson Smith, everything they've got going on. I think Livingstone, you know, they did some things as well this year, too. So yep. um, CIAA South, uh, you know, I have uh, been jo I have been jokingly uh, pushing for them to disband the CIAA South because of how bad it has been. But um, I think even St. Aug this year, um, you know, was no pushover, even though they, they ended up winless. So, um, you know, but we'll see going forward. Do you have time to stick with us uh, in our next segment with uh, Dr. Parker? You do? Okay. Uh, coming up in the next segment after the short break, we've got uh, the head football coach of Virginia Union, Dr. Alvin Parker, coming on. So hang in there. We'll take a short two-minute break come back and talk with the uh, head coach of the Virginia Union Panthers right after this. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. 
as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here joining us, uh, good friend Steve Gaither of HBCUGameDay.com. And then it's the head ball coach of the Northern Division champions, uh, Dr. Alvin Parker. Uh, Doc, how's it How's it feel uh, this uh Trying to get my morning? show right. Hold on. I'm trying to get my mic right. Okay. Okay. We hear you. Are you hearing us? We hear you. We hear you. Can you guys hear me? I can't hear you guys. Okay. We can Uh-oh. hear you. We can hear you though. Let me try Let's one see. more thing. All right. We can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear us? <laughs> okay. So we're gonna give him a second okay. to to get his uh, audio uh, squared away here. Um, hey, while we do that, uh, got a question for Steve. Uh, someone in our chat earlier asked about ticketing for the CIAA championship. Do you have any information on that? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, the conference usually, I think maybe, maybe if it's not anything out now, maybe Monday. Um, but yeah, I would just check out uh, the CIAA.com. I, I'm not exactly sure. I, 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 I never buy tickets. All right. <laughs> wrong right, it's the wrong person to ask about ticket fares. Uh, uh, I, got oh, you. I, got you. I know you know you know what you know what a media credential link is though on the website though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. Hold on, I thought we had I thought we had Doc, and then all of a sudden it it froze there for a second. So hold on, let's see. Okay, there we Doc, go. Doc, how hear you us doing, now? Dr. Parker? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to all be right. here. How you guys how you, doing? Hey, we're doing well. We're doing well, Doc. How you doing? Congratulations, first off, on the uh, the big win, uh, the Northern Division title, and you get a chance to go to the uh, championship. Talk about that feeling of having that opportunity compared to the disappointment, maybe of not getting that shot a year ago. It feels good, you know, um, to kind of get over the hump. You know, I think we've been close, you know, the last few years. You know. Um, but to finally get over the hump, it was like a like a monkey off your back. And, you know, um, I was just happy for everybody involved. You know, I think everybody that kind of stuck with me believed in the vision that I had for the program and, and everything. I kind of saw us here. I thought I thought we'd probably get here a little earlier, but, you know, I'm glad we're here now. Mm-hmm. Um, that game last night, 
an epic crowd, 15,000. Um, you know, I, I have not had the fortune of getting to Hovey Field. Uh, it's on my bucket list of places to get to. But uh, Steve was there. And just looking at the pictures online and the video, talk a little bit about that crowd. And I mean, always I've imagined there's a, there's a great crowd for that series, but this one seemed a little a little extra uh, crunk. Seemed like extra extra packed. It's always a great crowd for this game. It, it, it's just never been like that, you know. And um, I think they said fifteen thousand because they got tired of counting, you know. Um, <laughs> a little bit more, you know. Um, kind of got it. It holds about it holds about twelve. Uh, ish, you know, um, somewhere around there. So, um, but the gates, I mean, everything was just so. It was so three cool. around that fence, so I, I can believe at, at least, it. At least, yeah. So, you know, um, it, it was full house. So I was kind of glad to get a chance to do it at home in front of all fans and in front of all our alumni. I seen guys that I played with twenty years ago that I hadn't seen since then. You know, everybody came back. You know, um, it was just that type of feeling. You know, so I was, I was happy to get it for all of them. Go ahead, Drew. All right, Dr. Parker, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us here today. You know, normally I try to catch your press conference on Tuesday, but, you know, this is a little bonus for me uh, right now. But uh, you're playing at Fayetteville State this week in the CIAA championship game. Uh, is it what type of advantage slash disadvantage is it that you have seen your opponent already this season, albeit under severely adverse conditions in what I have dubbed the hurricane game. But just talk, uh, talk about the advantages and disadvantages of having seen your opponent for this uh, big game that you have coming up. I think um, playing, playing against uh, Coach Hayes is, is kind of, you know, we, we, we line it down and we kind of play no matter what it is. So speak. we've been doing this thing since we've both been assistants. You know, he was an assistant at uh, Winston back in the day, and I, I was assistant at uh, Elizabeth City back in the day when we had those epic championship battles, and 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 it was just always the same, you know. So we, we'd have been up against each other enough times to kind of, you know, he has a good feeling for me, I'm sure. I have a good feeling for him, and, you know, we just – it's just one of those things. I don't know how much that first game is going to help, you know, either one of us probably because I could barely see across the field to him, you know, um, how hard that rain and stuff was going <laughs> down. You know, so I don't know how much it's going to help either one of us, but um, anytime we get a chance to compete, it's always a great game. You know, I think those guys do a great job down there. And, um, you know, um, I guess most would say they, they, they have a, a dynasty on that southern side of things. All right, all right, Coach. Uh, looking at the game from uh, from yesterday, it was kind of a oddity, and I'll say this, your team is known for ground and pound, three yards in the cloud of dust, rushing the ball. Four yards. Pass the ball. <laughs> oh, four yards. My bad. Yeah, because you want to make sure you get the first down the first on down. third down. We got we got to get a first down. Exactly. I got you. I got you. But uh, you know, you guys are known for rushing the ball, and you pass the ball a lot more than one would have expected coming into that game. And let's flip the script. Virginia State, a team that's known for throwing the ball over the yard a little bit, rushed the ball a lot more than you would have expected uh, coming into that game. Just, just kind of talk about that. Was that something, at least from your point of view, that you planned on doing going into the game, or was that just kind of an in-game adjustment? Hey, this is working. We're just gonna, we're gonna stick with it. 
Um, I it's it's tough to say, you know, um, because I think our defense still held those guys under 100 yards rushing, and I think you know we still had you know upwards of 150 some yards rushing, so we still did what we normally do. I think um people you know probably looked and seen we had four touchdown passes, you know, um, so that's something that's pretty different, you know, um, in kind of what we're doing, but I think um. And I, 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 if I was in front of my computer, I'd look it up. But I think, you know, we're somewhere in the tops in the conference in touchdown passes. So we, we, we throw it when we want to. You know, uh, I think we're like maybe like second, you know, so in terms of touchdown passes. So, you know, we throw it when we want to and, and we run it when we want to. I think that's the luxury of kind of what we do, you know, um, just being able to do what we want to do. You know, so, you know, Virginia State uh, had a pretty has a pretty good offense. So when they came in here yesterday, they, they did a lot of good things. I think they got a lot of dynamic players on both sides of the ball, but they did a lot of special things on offense um, and they moved the ball on us. So, you know, um, hats off to those guys, but, you know, um, I think we did enough to make sure we come out with the win. Our defense held them when they got down there close. Our special teams did some great things in terms of um, putting pressure on their, their field goal kicker and, and getting some points off of that, you know, so it was kind of a complete effort yesterday. All right. We'll turn it over to the CIAA expert here. I don't know if I'm an expert, uh, but you know, hey, I'm in the area. Um, you know, yeah, Coach, uh, <laughs> Dr. Parker, you know, I had a chance to have you on our show last week, so I appreciate you for coming on there and didn't get a chance to really speak with you personally, but obviously, I was there, uh, watching you guys and, and have seen what you guys have done as a program. Um, but talk to me as you, you're going, you know, you've been here before as a, as a coach, um, you know, at Virginia Union and then also at uh, Elizabeth City State, but your players. Have never been to the championship game. Uh, they're facing the Fayetteville State uh, program that knows the road to Salem very well. Tortured in a lot of times, but they were able to get, come through last year, and they've just found ways to win all year. Um, you know, from everything I can tell, you guys are a focused unit and a focused bunch. But um, how how will you use your championship experience to got try to get these guys? Um, you know, to to understand that. You know, it's up a notch. It's 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 going to be a little. It's going to be a little bit different. I mean, the game is still the same. You know, the hash marks are the same, but um, it's a championship level. It's a championship game, like on the line. Um, when uh, we were there uh, this summer, I tease uh, I tease Coach Hayes. I say uh, they might as well name this thing the Fairville Invitational. You know, um, because you guys are in it every year. You know, um, so them guys definitely. So they all the questions that I I've been asking, trying to figure out how this thing worked this week and. I, I, what we're going to do on this day, what we're going to do, they're used to it. Pretty much almost everybody on their roster is used to it, probably except for their freshmen. So they know how this week go. You know, last year this time, I told the guys, we we we, we practiced a couple days. We waited to the selection show, you know, because um, we weren't playing any game, you know. So they have everything. They know how this, this whole week goes. You know, they know what to expect when they when they get up there. All the kids are going to be kind of looking around, seeing mountains and, and, and paying attention to the cold air and things like that that we, we haven't seen. You know, so I got to make sure that that doesn't happen, that we just doesn't don't get up there and kind of get kind of starstruck or or, or kind of, you know, act like we haven't been there before. I think we, we played this weekend, you know, was it was a championship environment to me, you know, so I think we can play in this type of environment that we played in this past week and we'll be able to overcome anything in terms of environment or, or being up for it when we get to Salem. Yeah, definitely a championship environment. Uh, like I said, it's just, it was just great. Um, you know, I know, uh, you know, being able to, you know, being from, being from, you know, the Carolina, well, North Carolina and, and the Virginia area and the East Coast, 
a lot of people don't understand the football culture that's there. And but to have a game this late in the season, and I think everything's kind of aligned perfectly for you guys, you know, especially even the weather, you know, because sometimes it can be a little bit cold. But I, I actually had to drop my sweatshirt uh, in the first quarter because it was a little warm out there. So, um, yeah, just kudos to you guys and everything you guys have done. And I uh, look forward to seeing what you guys are going to do in Salem. I appreciate it, man. Hey, Dr. Parker, I'm, 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 I'm curious about your team overall this season and, and com- juxtapose it to last year. Last year, your team or that, you know, everyone's a different year. So let's just say that the 2022 season was one of those years where you guys were a juggernaut. I mean, you, you have those great road wins. You're number one in a lot of people's polls. Uh, you kind of you stumbled, but you got up, got to the playoffs. This year you come into it and it almost the, the the other school, the school, the school up the road from Virginia got all the attention this year. And and you're you're I don't want to say you guys weren't thought of or talked about, but you know, they they got they got the majority of the attention. Now your team is the team that's sitting there with a chance to go to the title. You got the attention back. How has the journey been for a lot of the returners and for this team? Uh, you know, juxtapose it to last year. And, and everything that you went through? I think um, last year those guys bought in a great amount. You know, we just uh, – we got we got to the end and had a few depth issues that, you know, um, we need to make sure we correct in the offseason. I think we corrected those. You know, so the coaches did a great job just kind of going out there and, and making sure they were recruited. And the guys that we have here, you know, just got better from being in the program. So I think a, a big, you know, testament to the season was uh, – when uh, Jada went down and we still had guys that can come in and play and everybody got a chance to see that, you know, that just proved the depth that we had, you know, so I was happy to see that, not in terms of, like I said, him getting hurt or anything, but just in terms of showing everybody that we had the depth, that we corrected those things that kind of fortured us a little bit, you know, later in the season in, in 2022, you know, um, and I think these guys had a mentality of finishing, you know, um, and I think, you know, we look back at the numbers and we kind of gauge it, you know, a little bit, you know, like we did, this year we're averaging right there near 40 points a game. We're giving right there, um, giving up about 10. So you're still talking about maybe a 30-point differential. And I think it was close to the same last year. I think we averaged maybe about 44, 45 points last year, and we were giving up about 15. So the, the terms and difference, you know, what we've been doing is about the same. The numbers just look a little different in how we're doing it, you know, but it's about the same in terms of that, you know. Um, a lot of the categories we led the nation in last year in terms of like in special teams and things like that, we're still leading in those. You know, um, we did get better in some other ones. You know, um, our net punting and things like that got better from a year last year. So all the things that we felt like, you know, we're making that playoff run and being able to get to see playoff level type of teams, and that's who you had to scout and that's who you had to break down. That's how you knew you how you had to build your team. So we kind of looked at it from that aspect and said, you know what, we got to build this thing like this. And by no means are we we one of the programs that have 36 full scholarships. I don't want anybody to get that full. You know, we just work hard. We make it happen. You know, um, we, 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 we're nowhere near that. You know, um, and, we, and we still consider ourselves a national-level program, um, a top 25 program, a program that, you know, is just going to come and work and do what we have to do. And all our kids buy in. You know, I got coaches that are still in the office with me right now. We're working to make sure we get this. And, you know, um, that don't take scholarships to do that. You know, you got to just line down to be ready to go. Well said. Okay. Uh, Drew, got any, uh, any, any last final questions you want to get in with uh, coach Parker? Yeah. 
Yeah, my last question before I pass it off to Steve. And, Coach, I know you're going to give me Coach speak on this, but you got to give me some type of nugget on this one, man. Virginia Union defeats Fayetteville State on Saturday if. Ugh. We defeat Fayetteville on Saturday if. You know, um, the small things in the championship game when two good teams are playing, a lot of the small factors come in. You know, um, the things you're going to see, like penalties, turnovers, field position, you know, big plays, those type of things. You know, I think um, if we can win all of those categories, you know, we'll have a heck of a chance of winning. You know, um, but those guys have found ways to win. Like I said, they've been here before. You know, um, I'm pretty sure we probably come in the game as an underdog. I don't, you know, just because those guys have been here before. You know, um, but I think if all guys do what we're supposed to do and line up and play the type of ball that we've been playing all season, you know, I like our chances. Go ahead, Steve. You're on mute. Steve, you're on hey, mute. Oh. Yeah, so this is uh, – so, you know, as you, you know, talked about, you know, we talked about this before, you know, this is your, uh, your alma mater, um, a place that means a lot to you. Um, you know, just talk about, um, you know, obviously you got the task at hand, but just, you know, the, the, you, you talk about the level of commitment that, you know, your, your AD, um, you know, the, the legendary Joe Taylor has given to you guys and, and how much, uh, that helps you guys and how you're able to, to build, uh, your program where you necessarily don't have, you know, unlimited scholarships and things like that, but how you're, how you're able to get talent and, and get guys that seem to fit what you're able to do now. Um, now that you're in, uh, what is this year? Five for you, six? You get six, not counting COVID, five seasons. Right. Six year here. I got here in 2018. You know, um, so, I mean, it's just a level of commitment, you know, from the university. And it don't necessarily come in the form of the dollars or anything like that all the time. It comes in just the form of showing us that, that we're important, that we matter, you know, in terms of that. You know, um, anytime you can get, upwards of 16,000 people to come out to a football game, you know, that shows a whole lot. That shows how, how everybody's backing you, you know, you got a chance to go to the championship and things like that. We've been close, like I said, since I've been here. You know, we've been close. And it's because, you know, like I said, guys are recruiting and we're not selling anything around here. You know, um, I think we, you know, of course, I'm going to sell it good because I bought it. You know, I, I came here, you know, but <laughs> in terms of that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just sell ourselves, you know, um, because, you know, the kids got to feel comfortable with playing for us and kind of going out there laying it on the line, you know. Um, and I think we got a, a good group that, you know, is truly, 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 you know, brought in, brought into, you know, what I want, you know. And those guys don't have a problem with doing it. I love them guys. Them guys love me. They love the rest of these coaches. And, you know, um, all that put together kind of results in what's going to happen on Saturday. Coach, I want to give you the last word. Anything that you would like to uh, promote, uh, let people know about, you know, how they can support your program. Any shout outs to Panther Nation. I, I want to give you the last word right now. Oh, uh, man. Look, you can always find a donate button somewhere on our website. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> so just, if you go to that, you'll find that. But, you know, my last word is just simple. Man. Like I, what I've been saying all season from day one, just I think it's on that side, you know, play for 11. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, uh, we look forward to a great game. 
It's the it's the it's the it's the game game of the century, game of the year, game that I've been like I was I wanted this game last year. I was disappointed you had to play it in the in a hurricane earlier. So I'm gonna have my popcorn ready, Coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna be right in front of the TV, ready for this one. Uh, good luck to you. Safe travels. Have a great week of practice and preparation, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again um, as you guys are preparing for a regional play after you celebrate a title. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. All right. All right. Take care, coach. Appreciate you, Dr. Parker. All right. Again, uh, Dr. Alvin Parker, head coach, Virginia Union University. Uh, Salem, Virginia is, you know, a lot of chatter, guys. A lot of guys in the chat room asking those who aren't familiar. Steve, what? Give, before we let you go, give people a little who aren't familiar with the relationship of Salem, Virginia. Why Salem, Virginia? Uh, and the significance of Salem, Virginia, for the CIAA, just for, for people who aren't familiar uh, in, in the chat room, because I'm seeing a lot of conversation asking about it. Yeah, well, you know, the CIAA championship game, uh, the CIAA championship game uh, has been in Salem since 2016. Um, prior to that, uh, it had uh, it, it alternated between neutral site. It previously had been in Durham. Uh, and then, uh, you know, there was uh, they tried to move it on to campus for a year. And unfortunately, there was a there was an altercation that prevented that game from happening. Uh, so they moved it back to uh, to a, a neutral site game. Uh, and so uh, there was a, an issue uh, back in 2016 in the state of North Carolina um, that uh, that you know, social issue that ended up getting a lot of things moved out of the state of North Carolina. And the CIAA championship game was one of those. And so there's a relationship with uh, Salem, Virginia, which is basically Roanoke. If you've ever heard of Roanoke, Virginia, uh, so it's um, at the southern. It's at the southern, southern middle of uh, of uh, Virginia, uh, right outside the Blue Ridge Mountains. A beautiful place. Um, and so uh, there's a relationship with there uh, that the CIAA has had uh, with the city. Uh, and they've been there since 2016. Um, I have to, you know, go back and do my research and see how much longer the deal is. A lot of people would love for them to move it to another place, whether that be, um, you know, to Durham, uh, where it was, which is kind of, you know, right uh, in the middle of CIAA, in the heart of CIAA country. Um, some people would like it to maybe move to Charlotte or some people would like it to maybe move to maybe a Richmond for the northern schools. But in any event, that's where. Uh, Seattle Blaze held its championship game since uh, 2016, um, and so uh, it, it's a it's a it's a beautiful place to catch a game. It's a cold place to catch a game, um, you know. Especially, I think the first couple of years, the first year they had it, uh, the second year they had, I think we played at night, and that was a frigid place. Um, I always feel like I, I have to bundle up when I go there, but um, it's a great place for football. There's nice scenic mountains in the background, uh, and, and it's uh, you know been. Uh, hosted some fun games, so I'm hoping uh, hoping that Virginia Union and Fayetteville State can uh, can really make it can make it worth my while for tracking up the mountain. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I've heard that the city does a good <laughs> job of taking care of the CIAA. Oh they, yeah, yeah, they, they have um, yeah, yeah. They also do the they usually do the volleyball championships. Like so, they usually do the volleyball championships. So Salem Stadium is where the football game takes place, but the volleyball championships there is a there's a facility that is uh, literally in the same parking lot. So you can leave from the Seattle Blade football championship and go see the volleyball championships. Um, and so usually I'll dip in there and just kind of see what's going on. 
Um, and yeah, I think uh, one of the uh, one of the city leaders uh, is a Virginia Union alumnus, I believe. Um, so he had, there's that connection there. And, uh, you know, the CIAA, they will come in, you know, prior to uh, game day and they will have uh, they'll have uh, clinics for the, the players and coaches. They'll have clinics for the kids, um, whether it's players and coaches or what have you. So um, it's a great relationship they've had. Um, a lot of people, again, are kind of maybe ready to see go to a different place in different direction. But, uh, you know, when you have that type of buy in when you're an organization, um, you know, unless somebody's willing to throw you a lot of money and give you a lot of perks, um, it's kind of hard to leave a situation like that. So, yes, yes, indeed. Don't be too quick to, to leave and, a good situation. Yeah, I, and I, by I, the I way, can't break up weather, break weather up. forecast. Yeah, weather forecast for Saturday in Salem. Uh, the high is expected to be 60 degrees, low uh, 35. Winds out of the northwest at that, five that to ten miles an hour. You. That wind is what it gets you, man. It was a what year was it? It was maybe twenty eighteen. One of those years, Amir Hall was passing for like four thousand yards, and they ran and they ran the ball something serious because that wind was crazy. So, yeah, that, that sixty degrees it sound nice, but that'll be probably right when I roll into town at eleven o'clock. Uh, at eleven o'clock before the game, and then uh, and then the temperature will definitely drop once that uh once that shade from the mountain comes over so uh but it's a it's it's a fun championship game i enjoy it i've been to i think everyone in salem so i'm looking forward to whatever happens this year all right uh steven let the people know what do you have upcoming this week uh it's always busy for you uh we appreciate and enjoy all the content that you and everybody over at hbcu game day puts together so what, what are you working on what do you got coming up well, you know, I mean, hey, I'm from North Carolina. I'm a North Carolina guy. It's, you know, football is cool, but we're basketball state. Basketball so yes, college, college basketball is, is right around the corner. Um, our D1 schools are starting this week, so we'll be doing some coverage of that. D2s will start uh, later next later this week. They'll start playing some round-robin tournaments, so it'll be a little bit of everybody. Friday, I believe. So, yeah, yeah, so – uh, really excited, um, you know, really excited to uh, get into basketball season. While we still got a lot of football left to be played, obviously at the MEAC and SWAC and then the postseason, the CIAA, SIC. So this is actually my favorite time of the year, and it's not just because my birthday was the other day. Um, I just love this time of the year when basketball and football get a chance to intersect, and we don't have to deal with that baseball thing anymore. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it, uh, you know it's, uh, it's good. So we'll have a lot of content, basketball and football. Uh, just try to touch it all. So appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in and uh, and making sure uh, they download our app, um, the HBCU Game Day app. It is on uh, Google Play and Apple Store. If you download it, you can get uh, all of our posts straight to you. And uh, yeah, we, we appreciate all you guys. Appreciate you, and Steve. Steve by the way, yeah, there's there's a bunch of people out here in HBCU land. Or getting very familiar with their men's and women's basketball coach because football season does not mean anything anymore. Just want to throw it out there. Yes, indeed. Yes, they, yes, they are. It's time to start focusing on your men and women's basketball coaches. And yeah. and I'm I'm one of them, Steve, and, and and so you know the feeling. You know we're a basketball and cheerleading school at Winston Salem State. I love it. See, <laughs> see how quickly they get rid of uh, football. It's like we moved on on the on the basketball. <laughs> And they got the number one band in the band of the year polls as of right now. Yeah, and first and, and first take will be there. So um it's an exciting time. You know, I, I 
giving the hard, football team a hard time. They deserve it. But, uh, you know, always uh, always a pleasure to go. I was able to speak to some students last week uh, at my alma mater. So I love WSSU. It's nothing they can do about it. Somebody somebody told me they didn't want want me to, after some comments I made after yesterday, they, they told me to go cover the Miak and Swag book. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how you know you touched the nerve. The yeah, nerve. Man, that I was born. I was born to do that. It's the just, truth I, shall set you free. I was hey, born man. to do that. Just, at this point, I just have to accept it and, and roll with it. So, hey, look, these 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 uh, a profit these, is not welcome at home. That's exactly. You won't you won't be in the valley for long, Steve. It all there's always ebbs and flows. You won't be in the valley for long, and you'll you'll learn to appreciate the uh, the rise back to the top. So. Uh, all right, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for all your time tonight. Appreciate you. Uh, Appreciate you guys. Everything you guys do. All right. Have a good night now. Take care. All right. All right. Stephen Gaither, ladies and gentlemen, HBCUGameDay.com. Let's take a break. Come back. Let's talk to our coach, Coach Ferrasi Norman. Kind of find out he had a first hand or, or first. He had a good pair of eyes on Allen and Benedict, and we'll talk to him about Benedict and uh, what kind of. What kind of team can they be in the Division II playoffs? Might be one of my first questions to coach. Uh, He's coming up in just a moment. And then coming up in the bonus hour, we've got uh, Charles Edmond. Do we have top five rankings as well, Drew? Yes, we do. All right. So we got to squeeze that in here coming up shortly. So let's take a pause for the cause and come right back. You're watching the BCS and Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. (laughs) Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. (laughs) Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us.
All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. And, you know, sometimes I have coach, sometimes we don't. We got to get that figured out. Yeah. Um, all right, let me just quickly kind of see what's happening here, uh, you guys in the chat room. And the whole thing with the uh, 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 first take coming to Winston-Salem, that's happening on Tuesday. I think I've seen a couple people you, you say. All right, let's see if we got Coach. Coach, you in there. What's up, fellas? Can you hear me? We got you loud and clear, yes, sir. Coach. How are you doing? Hey, hey, what's happening? What's happening, man? It's that day again. Sunday comes around once a week. Got to love it. AD, what's happening, brother? What's going on, my brother? What's going on uh, out there, man? You getting excited yet? Oh, I've been excited for a long time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I've just been excited for a long time. <laughs> so as the season winds down, I get a little more excited. Um, just to see what's going to happen for me. But, you know, I still love Sundays hanging out with you, too, and just talking football. Let's talk about this time of year, Coach. Um, this is that moment when, I mean, we jokingly, we talked about a lot of our fans. Some of them are getting to know their basketball coaches uh, for, you know, because their teams are out of it. Uh, There's a lot of a lot of self-evaluation. What What is this time of year like for for coaches? You know, if you've even if you've had a good season, only only one or two teams get an opportunity to, to sort of play in a championship game or maybe even a playoffs. But for other teams, you know, you might finish with seven wins or eight wins, but you're you're missing out. For other teams, you you, you finish below five hundred. And so so what's what's this type of year like for coaches? You put your recruiting board together. You know, you make sure you shake hands with your coaches. You tell your players, hey, we had a good year. Let's build off this. Um, the next holiday coming up is Thanksgiving. So you make sure you tell everybody travel safe. You and your coaches, you guys meet every day for hours, putting running backs, receivers, DBs, me, I myself, I always make sure we, we, we uh, got the trenches taken care of. So we make sure we take care of the O-line, D-line, things of that sort like that. Um, then, you know, you move on to Christmas break. You enjoy your families and your presents and your gifts and all that. Then you come back and you got your early morning workouts. Excuse me, rewind. You got your first day back on campus, which is in January. And you welcome the new players in, whether they're coming from a junior college or a college prep or they're a transfer or anything like that. Then you welcome everybody back. You make sure everybody knows each other. And you just lay out, hey, this is what we're doing for spring. You know, this is how we ended. We ended with an eight and three or we're a seven and two or we, we missed the playoffs by one game. So we got to work hard this offseason, this summer, to make sure we eclipse that one game because this time next year we want to be hosting the trophies. Everybody with me? Everybody says, yes, sir. And if you're not with me, go ahead and exit the stage left because this is going to be hard work. I mean, we're about to work, fellas, because – you know, we missed it by one game. Think about that. So you just think about it. You just get quiet like for like one game or maybe two. But either way you want it, we were right there. So me and the coaches are working overtime to make sure we find that one player that can help us or two players that can help us. Not saying he's not in the room. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying he's here. We're going to bring some in here. We're going to mix it together. Come August, we're going to let everybody know who we are. We're going to go from three or four to number one. Everybody with me? Yes, sir. And that's how you take care of that. When do when do coaches and and this thought came to me as you were talking about that pattern and that schedule, but for coaches, when does that when if you're the head coach, when are you starting the evaluation process of coaches you want to keep, coaches that you know you're hoping to retain, even assistant coaches, assistant coaches maybe thinking about moving on. And, and you got to have that stability because you talked about going into recruiting. You got to know who's going out and doing the recruiting. 
how do you how do you how do you how do you deal with that? How do you handle all of that? What's that schedule look like? Every Sunday when you had your coaches meeting, you stand up and you look at everybody and you ask everybody how they're feeling. Is everybody comfortable? Um, because I expect everybody to be here because we're gonna do great things. If you're not gonna be here, no hard feelings, no harm, no foul. I'm not gonna see you in a grocery store and start punching on you. I just want to know where I stand so I can go get a new coach. And so usually at the beginning of the season, everybody says, I'm with you, coach. But as time goes on, you know, of course, coordinators want to move up to be head coaches. Position coaches want to move up to be head coaches. I mean, the coordinators. And you let everybody know, fellas, I just need to know where I'm at because I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I got a locker room full of players, you know. And once again, I plan to win a championship. I want you guys to be with me. But if you want to move forward, I'll do everything I can to help you. But you got to let me know where you're at because don't leave me with my pants down at the last minute say, oh, coach, I'm gone. And I'm like, ah. I got to go recruit some players and find a coach. That's not fair to me. You know, because don't forget, wherever you go, someone's going to call me, and I'm going to let them know, Coach, he didn't let me know he was leaving. I asked that man 100 times, are you leaving? And and that makes you look bad because now your credibility is shot. So by the end of the season, this time of the year, mostly everybody's either they're in or they're out. And if they're out, you say, okay, hey, no problem. Where you want to go, I'll help you. And then that gives you a chance to get on the phone. And I need a coordinator. Or you promote from within. You make your running back your coordinator, and you go bring another coach in to coach your running backs or however you want to do it. But – you start from the beginning. You don't never wait to the end because, like I say, everybody wants to move up. Nobody just wants to coach running backs for 20 years. Nobody just wants to call the offense or defense 20 years. Everybody wants to move up. So you give everybody that opportunity. And I usually start at the beginning of the season, every Sunday. Hey, Brian AD, how y'all feeling? You're my coordinator. How you feeling? We good? Yeah, we good. Week three, how we feeling? We good. Coach, why you keep asking me that? Because, fellas, I want to make sure when we get to week 10, 12, you're still with me because we got a board of recruits we got to go get. And this time next year, we got to chase the championship. But if you guys are not going to be with me, let me know. I can recruit. I can, I mean, promote from within or go find me someone who can equal your value. So just everyone's being fair to everyone. So that's how you handle that. that that's an uh, honest. Can, can I throw in? That's oh. an honest, yeah, that's an honest conversation. I, that's a, that's surprising. I'm I'm kind of cute. I've never been in a work environment where that kind of honesty exists. <laughs> go ahead, Drew. I'm, I'm going to uh, ask a question on the same lines as Brian had opened up the rabbit hole. And here we go down the rabbit hole again. We did this last week with the band of the uh, year stuff. But, Coach, what about your players? You, you is 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 exit interviews, is end of the season evaluations. Obviously, with your seniors or those who've uh, run out run out their eligibility, you know you want to try to make sure that they're taken care of, that they're still on their path to graduation, because ultimately they should be coming to school to get their degree. So you you know you you've t- you're going to take care of those. But for those underclassmen that are that are coming back, especially now in this new era with the portal. Because somebody's in these kids' uh, ear talking about, hey, come play. You can go over here and play. You can go uh, if you're at the D two level. Hey, you can go over here and play at this FCS or this FBS. Same thing if you're at the NAIA level. You can move up, and with the freedom that they have to make that one move, you know, what is that evaluation process like with the kids? What kind of conversations are you having with your kids? Because you've got to do this eighty five times or so 80, 80 some odd times maybe 100 times depending on how deep your roster is you know what 80 good question but i'm answering the same way i did brian's because like you said you got 85 to 100 kids so you don't have time to sit down with each kid because you figure each interview is going to be 15 to 20 minutes if not longer that's a long process when you're going 
three or four kids a day, five days a week. You still got other things to take care of. You you got to make sure you're recruiting, bringing in new kids. You got to find out which coach is leaving, which is staying. So I do a group interview, you know, and it's always worked for me. I get everybody in the weight room. I get everybody in the gym. And I laugh and joke with everybody. You know, I might talk about, you know, what young lady's real good looking on campus and who had the hottest cheerleader. So I'm like, you know, loosen up the crowd a little bit. And I just say, fellas, I love everybody here. But if you're unhappy and you want to go somewhere else, I understand. Not everybody got the plant time they were looking for. And I don't guarantee plant time. Plant time comes, one, in the classroom. Two, making sure eligibility is where it needs to be. Three, making sure we're healthy. You know, so if, you, if you're the third stream running back and someone's talking to you like, hey, if you come over here, you can be my starter. I'm not going to say that we're not going to lose two guys next year or this guy's not ineligible. I'm just going to say, if you're going to leave, be fair to Coach Norman because I've always been fair to you. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just be fair. You know, you ain't got to come to my office. You can text me. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're not man enough to look me in my face, say, Coach, I'm going to go ahead and transfer out to Langston because they need a running back or Texas Southern, you know, they need a quarterback. That's Just text me. Say, hey, Coach, I appreciate your time, but I'm going to go ahead. And, and I, I and I'll respond to it real quickly. Hey, my friend, best luck to wherever you go. You know, I mean, you ain't got time to be hateful or have no animosity, but that's how you hold that mean there because, once again, you got a room full of kids. You try to you try to impress as many as possible, but you're not going to win them all. You know, you know you're going to lose some. You know you're going to lose some. Um, the group that I never want to lose is my old lineman. So I usually say, hey, fellas, we're going off for steak and potatoes. You know, when we sit there eating steak and potatoes, I'm like, hey, is everybody good? Let me know because I love this group right here. Um, you know, we got – we're missing three. We're losing three. But we got you, you, and you coming back. So that's playing time. I got you and you. You know, we rotate 10 guys in the trenches. How are you guys feeling? And they sitting there with a mouthful of oh, – Coach, coach, I'm good, Coach. I'm coming back, Coach. You know, and you're like, hey, are you sure? Fellas, just be, just be good with me. I'm good. Okay, so, so as long as I got that group, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. Everything's sort of like that. So I do an open um, exit strategy with everybody, and it seems to be working. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to lose some. And I tell my coaches, you're going to lose a kid that you really like. Like, ah, but you ain't got time to go hold his hand because we're not babysitters. We're football coaches. If he feels he can go somewhere else, you say, hey, my friend, I wish you the best of luck. And we got to keep moving forward. I appreciate the honesty in those comments. Because like I said, again. Oh, there you are. When, 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 <laughs> Where everybody goes. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I switched, switched the camera view. Um, when when you get into the real world, there are very few job places that are that honest. You know, because if I don't like where I'm at, I'm quietly building my resume. I'm putting my stuff on Indeed. I'm, do, I'm doing all these things outside of the job, maybe even at the job, depending upon how you feel about your job. <laughs> I've been there at some places. Uh, <laughs> know people who have done that. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're building for your next thing while you're there. And you're never, you're always, when, when they say, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. I love my job. But really, you feel miserable where you're at. Or you really want to get out. You can't wait to leave. And it just sounds like that football. Is it five o'clock yet? Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like five, four fifty-nine. You're sitting there like, okay, gotta go, gotta go. But but it sounds like that that's the last place, the the college environment, the locker room, the football team for coaches and players, the last place that you really have those that honest, you know, that that honest conversation. At least in a good program, it sounds like. That's the last place you have that honest conversation, and and uh, the, the reason why you want to not to cut you off, Brian, but the reason why you want to do it that way is because, like you said, every, there's some kids that are unhappy. There's some kids who got red shirted, gray shirted, who feel like they should be. Everyone feel like they should be starting. Let's go ahead and throw that out there now. You know, so you just you throw it out there through, several times throughout the year, fellas. How you feeling? 
How's everything going? Will I see you in the spring? Will I see you in the fall? You know, I usually tell you, if I got 20 red shirts, I look up at them. I say, hey, three years from now, am I going to see you in front of everybody? Yes, coach. I mean, and they're they're red shirt freshmen. Three years from now, am I going to see you? You know, and so you so you throw it out there and you let them know. Anytime you want to leave, just let Coach Norman know. And there's no animosity. But if you sneak off on me, that's cowardly. So when when Coach Philford calls me and says, hey, coach, um, I just got this running back that's 5'8", 220 with 4'4 speed coming from you. Who are you talking about? Frosty Norman. Coach, man, ask that young man face-to-face -face several times. Are you coming back? You going to play for me? He said, yes, sir. So if he comes with you, coach, I wish you the best of luck. But, well, I mean, come on. I mean, he snuck off on me. So if he sneaks up on me, it's only a matter of time before he sneaks off on you. Yeah, I got, and you know, it's a fraternity of, of coaches. No matter what color we are, we're still in the same fraternity. And we're like, you're right, coach. You know, and everything like that. That's why I try to get my players and my coaches start from the beginning. How are we feeling? How are we feeling? Because I've been in situations where I was uncomfortable. You know, everything's sort of like that. I didn't like it there. I was upset. when to punch somebody in the face. Can't do that. It's unprofessional. But then at the end of the season, you just go to them. They say, coach, can I talk to you for a minute? And they look at you. You come in, you say, hey, you know, um, I appreciate this opportunity. I really do. But I think it's best for me, you, and the program if I just depart my own, if I just go my own way. And they just look at you and they say, are you sure? And you say, I'm sure, coach. Once again, I thank you, you know, and everything like that. I just want to look you in your face. And you shake hands and you're going out the door. And and, and you got to get reform. So when you call that coach and say, hey, Coach Norman, you're supplied to be my coordinator. You know, hey, good guy. Left on good terms. I had no problem. I wanted him to come back. But he felt that, you know, he wanted to go elsewhere. You do it like that. But if you just sneak off on somebody as a coach, you know, you know, you guys are my coordinators and you sneak off on me. And, you know, Tuskegee calls me saying, hey, I got these guys want to come over here because they snuck off on me in the middle of the night. We was out drinking the other night, having a great time. They said, coach, can't wait to come back. And now they're over there trying to be on your door. So, you know, hey, I'm just saying, you, if you're going to take them, take them. But if they snuck off on me in the middle of the night, what's they going to do to you? You're right, coach. Boom. So you always want to just be up front. And that's called, that's how you raise a young man from an 18 to 21-year-old. We tell the parents we're going to help your young man become a, I mean, a grown man. I'm the coach, not the dad or the mom. But that's part of it. As as coming on, uh, excuse my language, as becoming a man, it's adulthood. Adulthood is being honest. Look at somebody in the eye and say, hey, coach, um, I don't think it's, this is the right place for me, but I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. I'm going to go elsewhere. Hey, I appreciate your honesty, young man, wherever you go. Best of luck to you. Same thing with a coach. So, I mean, I've, I've done it that way. Other people may do it differently. I mean, I know exit exams because, once again, like I say, you got 85 to 100 kids in your program, so you're doing four to five exit exams a day. That's that's a lot of time. That takes away from what's really important right now is recruiting, you know, and everything sort of like that. So I just think it's best to hold the group meeting. You hold your coaches on one side. You hold your players to the other side. Now the kids that are leaving, you want to make sure you stay on them. Hey, how far are we from graduation? Are we graduating in the spring, summer? Talk to me. Do I need to help you find a job? Are you going military? Do I need to get someone from the, on the campus here? Let me know because you've been good to me, so it's my turn to be good to you. I don't want to be driving down the street and you hanging in the hood with your pants below your butt with a rag on your head. I failed. So talk to Coach Norman. Where are we at? Oh, Coach, I want to go military or, uh, you know, hey, hey, come on. Let's be, Coach, I want to go to the league. Well, buddy, I'll do everything I can to help you. I'll do everything I can to help you. I don't own a team. I'm not a GM. But I will make sure they know you want to play at their level and, get, and, you know, prepare you or do everything I can to help you at that level. If not, let's make sure we graduate and get ready for the real world. Everything sort of like that. So as the head coach, you wear many hats. You try to take care of everybody. Um, you're not going to make everybody happy. Do know that already. I mean, I've met many coaches who try to make people happy, and they're always sad. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's part of the nature. It's part of the business, brother, and everything like that. So that's how I do it. And hopefully there's a present AD out there paying attention, taking notes. That's how Forrest Norman does it. Um, but 
and it's been successful for me. You know, you, you, you're not going to keep everybody. And sometimes it comes down to money. Some guys get wives and kids or wives getting pregnant and everything like that. And you only pay so much, you know, everything sort of like that. So, you know, hey. Um, let's yeah. get into a couple of these games you know, here. Coach, coach. Oh. talk to me. Oh, go, go ahead, Drew. Where were you going to, where were you going to go? Oh, I was going to say, uh, before we jump to the games, as I know we're running short on time, but coach, you just, you just said something that's, that's really important. And, uh, I hope young people out there may pick this up off of this podcast. You, you've got many years coaching and I don't think, uh, and Brian, you can attest to this also. I don't think these kids understand that whatever professional, whatever you did done, I guarantee you that I got somebody who can do it for you. Cause I've, I've coached players who've turned into doctors, who've turned into lawyers, who've turned who are police officers, who are plumbers, who are, who are whatever. I've probably got somebody who's done all this stuff in, in, in different cities uh you know throughout throughout the nation and everything or you know because of the coaching tree that I've either been a part of or that I've created you know that's something that's something that's special about sports you you wind up coming across people who wind up doing so many different things but because you can shoot a ball together or run a ball together or kick a ball or whatever it is you know you come across those people and you make contacts in all different all different types of fields cuz I know I've got uh, kids who play play for me who pretty much gone into just about any profession that you can think of. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. No, I, I mean it's uh, like I said, that's part of that. It's part of that cycle. That the, that thing about it as coaches. I mean, I I still think back to coach's story about meeting the young man who who uh, you know the young man that you met while you were out, coach. You know, and and he remembered you, and so it's those. It's that it's that honesty and those impressions that you make on young people that maybe they don't always appreciate it at the moment, but later on when they realize that life is like you told them it would be, <laughs> and then they think back on, well, you know what? The one person who was always straight up with me was Coach Norman or Coach Drew or Coach Fulford. You know what I'm saying? And and uh I couldn't stand it when he gave me that extra gas, but now I understand oh. why he made me oh. do that extra gas. I, I, I cussed him. Yeah, I, I cussed him under my breath like him. Oh, like I know, I, and I oh, knew yeah. he was cussing. Oh yeah, yeah. say uh, say it loud enough where I can hear you. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. We'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. Um, Coach uh, Benedict College, right there. Second time that they have gone. Uh, well. It, I'll say this: the second time that they've gone unbeaten in the regular season. Although I, I I preface that by saying the regular season is not quite over because I think the championship game this upcoming Saturday counts. But still, ten and zero, two consecutive years. You watch them defeat Allen thirty-seven to nine. They learned a lesson last year in the Division Two playoffs as the one seed as the team that got the buy is this team. Do you think this team is better prepared for the playoffs just because of that experience? Or maybe they also can, can add into that. They've got maybe one of the best coaches in division two football, and maybe they just, the, the experience of this year, what, what's your take on Benedict as they, uh, as they get ready for a championship game and the playoffs? Let me say this. 
all year long, we've talked about that defense, that forefront. I know a couple weeks ago, I, I bragged on that D-line, okay? After what I saw yesterday when they played Allen, um, Coach King's doing a great job with his team. Let's throw that out there. But I was very impressed with their offense. That O-line blocked very well. That quarterback stood in the pocket and took care of his progressions. Uh, they ran the ball. Um, they threw the ball more than they ran it, but they ran it very well. Uh, special teams-wise, they ran down there. They made tackles. I think this team is poised to make a deep run. I don't know how far they'll go, but from what they had last year, turning over to this year, back-to-back -back undefeated seasons, I got no doubt. I heard you guys earlier talking about coach of the year. I was saying Tennis Berry. You know, none against Coach Keaton and them other guys, but anytime you have back-to-back -back undefeated seasons, that that kind of separates you from everybody else. You know, everything sort of like that. So Coach Berry would be my coach of the year. So you got the two, two. I don't know if he was coach of the year last year, was he, fellas? But you got the back-to-back -back coach of the year. Yes. Um. You know, back-to-back -back coach of the year, back-to-back -back undefeated season. We have everything going in our uh our momentum way. Uh, we're healthy. We're strong. We're we're hitting on all phases. We clearly got the best defense, which this time of year is what you need. You need a very good defense, and they got that. Um, and offense is good enough to score um, 14, 17, 24 points because we know defensively they're going to hold you less than 14. We know that. So everyone's doing their job. So once again, I see them making a deep run. Um, I learned something yesterday. I was I was hearing the commentator, and he was talking about um, Coach Barry has these things called ABCDs. And he said it four or five times. I'm thinking, what is ABCDs? And so finally he said, ABs is what he wants his boys to make in the classroom. C stands for championships. D stand for degrees. Remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about lights coming on in your house. When you come in, light came on. I said, wow. So if I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to get me a head coaching job, which I hope someone hires me soon, I'm going to go have that printed, ABC, and I'm going to put Tennis Berry so he get his credit, ABCDs, because I was just like, I was amazed when I heard the ABCDs. A's and B's are what I want my boys to have. We want championships and degrees. I was like, wow. But anyway, answer your question, Brian. I think that right now, Benedict is poised. Unless something just drastically happens, like everyone became ineligible, or they all cut COVID or something, I don't see anyone standing in their way. Them, them boys are ready to play. They're, they're a good team. Back-to-back <clears throat> -back SIC champions in their path. Albany State will give it their best effort, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's an opportunity. It's a team that they haven't played, and uh, it, it'll be a great challenge for Albany State. Drew, you got a question for, uh, for, uh, for Coach? Football game? No, because uh, I see I no, I see our next guest is here, uh, Charles Edmond. I didn't know if we wanted to keep Coach on with Charles or we wanted to cut this and go to Charles. How y'all want to do it, man? You know, I appreciate everything you do for me. So if if you know if y'all if y'all want to go to the next guy, because um, I because I know you saw some, I know you saw some swag games, Coach. Uh, no, I saw Thursday's game with uh, Mississippi Valley and Bethune. I saw the game we just talked That's about, what? Allen and Allen and Benedict, and I saw um, who else did I see? Brian, who you else? Watch, you watch, you watched the Edward Waters VUL game. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Edward Waters and VUL. I, I saw yeah, those. That, hey, that real quickly, real quickly, fellas, because I can't get nobody to answer my questions. Okay. Is VUL a real football program, or is that just like, like say I, I'm like you're full <laughs> for university? And I'm Friday. I say, hey, I want to use your name. You know, because I mean, are they in a conference? Are they a black HBCU? I mean, talk to me. I know nothing. I mean, I've heard of VUL, but I didn't really know what they're doing. I thought it was just a coach that said, "Hey, let me use your name, and I'll give you so much money." And they said, "Okay." I mean, is that not what's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm a comedian now. I'm Eddie Murphy. No, no. no. Okay, coach. Come on. Okay, no, so uh, no, coach. 
I mean, go can I go you. first? Yeah, please explain it. Break it down right. for me. Um, it's interesting. I talked to somebody who actually used to work at VUL. I'm not going to call that person's name because I don't want to put that, put that person's business out there. Uh, and, he, and he said, point blank, VUL, the school is about the size of a church, you know, they got a, they got a, they got a few athletes there, uh, not not a lot of facilities there, and basically, all they want to do is collect checks. So they're equivalent. You, you to put it um, out there like that. So, so they're equivalent to the school in California, Lincoln. They're, they're equivalent to like that school in yeah. Lincoln. They just, they'll play you, you know, give us some money, we'll come play you and make it look good, but we know how the outcome's going to be. I, I, and I was saying, no disrespect for VUL. VUL is like a four-year prep school. Okay. 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 So that, that clears a lot of things because I, I was looking, I'm trying to say they're not NCAA, they're not they're not D2. I mean, because they played Edward Water, they played um, Delaware State. I mean, that's 1AA, that's D2. So I'm thinking, are they independent so they get to play who they want to play? But I know there's some money on the table somewhere, so they'll play you for some money. So that's why I was just. I wasn't trying to be funny. If anybody's from VUL, for the coaches or anybody from VUL, I'm not trying to insult you. I didn't. Under, I didn't really know what you guys were doing. But now I got a clarification. So you're you're a lot compared to the school out in California, the Lincoln out in California. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah, we, you. We had that. We had Lincoln, to California is a clone. Yeah. We we had oh, okay. to coach. I, I and I laugh because I, it's a lot. A lot of people ask that question. But yes, they played Division two schools. They played FCS programs. Uh, yeah, you know, it's and it does make you wonder what we lose in terms of our credibility by playing them, by playing Lincoln, because it does hurt the rating. You know, it, it hurts your 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 metrics and your numbers. But but again, do we really care about that at the end of the day when we're playing on our own thing? You know, we have the Celebration Bowl. We have uh, th this new bowl that they're starting for the CIAA and the SIC, you know. Uh, so when, when we have – Yeah, Beach Bowl. So when you have your own, does it really matter how others categorize? That's one of those things that we're all starting to battle back and forth with. But Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So – and like I say, if you got last, some pressing business you, to go you, ahead too, I appreciate this. And um, we can get together next week. Um, I'll check those sheets in the middle of the week, Brian, AD, to let you guys know which games I'll be watching. And uh, I look forward to, you know, always getting a band together on Sundays and doing his music. Hopefully, I know um, several schools have stopped playing as of yesterday. I don't know who actually is on the hot seat or who's looking for something, but everyone knows what I'm looking for. I've had plenty of people tweet saying, hey, coach, I'm praying for you. Hope you land on your feet, things of that sort. So I know we still got some time, so I'm not in a nervous reckoning like that. But I just want people to know I'm ready to get to work. Yeah, we we, we give us your thirty about... second elevator speech, Coach. What'd you say, brother? Give us your thirty second elevator speech. How you doing? My name is Frosty Norman. I believe in academics, discipline, structure, hard work. I'm very well doing. I'm very good at what I do. I'm a winner. I've won all my games. I recruit very well. I coach my coaches. I coach my team. If you're looking for the next coach to be your coach and you want to change the culture and atmosphere of what you're doing, please look no further than Frosty Norman. Ding. 
No, not the ding. Coach, I love it. I love it. I knew that was coming. If you didn't do that, I was going to do the ding. So, Coach, you're man. That's why we love you. We love you. That, that's that's our coach, uh, soon to be somebody else's coach in the HBCU diaspora. We're, we're praying. We're, uh, we're praying. Fellas, hey, hey, once again, I appreciate your time, you guys. And um, I will be in touch with you guys by the middle of the week to let you know which games I watch and look forward to doing this next week. Once again, if there's a present AD watching the show, which I know there is, please don't overlook me. I'll change it for you. I got you. Uh, make sure you can reach uh, Coach on X at Coach Farasi, F-A-R-A-S-I. That's where you can find him on on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Coach, be well. We'll talk during the week, and uh, we'll let you know. We got a couple of good uh, Division II uh, championship games, so we'll point you that way and then some other games as well, all right? Not a problem, brother. Once again, I appreciate this. You guys be safe. See you soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right, that's Coach uh, Coach Farasi. Um you want to take a you want to take a short elevator break and then come back with Charles or just I need to blow my nose so I feel like I need to take a yeah, yeah you just seconds. answered your question then yeah. all right so let's take a quick thirty second or a quick that's not even thirty seconds we'll take a short break come back Charles Edmond Alcorn State Sports Radio we're gonna talk about Alcorn's beating of Southern as well as what's happening in the SWAC and so on and so forth we'll talk about that and more right here on the BCS and Sports Trap. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working standard protection that's never not working head and shoulder scalp shield technology it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones hbcu pride and joy children's boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Trap. Brian and AD here, and it's a pleasure to be joined by the voice of the Alcorn State Braves. That is none other than Charles Edmond of Alcorn State Sports Network. Uh, the Braves dominating Southern 44-21. to 21. 
Uh, Charles, did you make sure to check in on Carlos after that game just to make sure he's okay? Um, you know, I, 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 you know, you guys host the show together and Alcorn, the way Alcorn did Southern, I felt like you, you know, you had to at least make a call just to make sure he was okay. Hold on. We got you. You're not on. Are you on mute? We don't hear you. We don't hear you. Hold on. It may need to log out, log back uh, in. Yeah, the good old, the good old iPad, log back off and log back in real quick, Charles, if you can. Because if you can hear us, we can't hear you. Nope, nope. All right, I'm gonna give give you a chance to log back in here. We got Charles Edmund coming in. Um, uh, On Twitter at Man Radio is where you can find him on X. Yeah. You notice where Charles was uh, doing the interview from? Uh, it looked like an arena somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, the basketball arena. That's one school who doesn't, uh, although they know their coach and they've got a good basketball program over there, that's one school who's going to have to uh, split their allegiance right now uh, because Hold their on, football I'm program you. is still relevant. I'm going I'm to see if you can guess where he's at. I'm going to do this and see if you can figure it out. Whoa, pig, Sue That means he's in Arkansas. It is. It is. Yep. They they take on the uh, University of Arkansas in Fayetteville at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, I noticed the exhibition game that uh, Alcorn beat Miles 70 to 60 last Monday. Yes. Okay, here we go. There we go. I think we got you now. Charles, how you doing? Uh-oh. You still can't no, hear we, you. Still can't hear you. Uh, your audio. Your audio. Hold on. Give, we'll give you and we know we know what he's doing because he does this every Saturday on the Carlos Brown show. So we know he <laughs> know what he's doing. <laughs> and we use it the same platform. Nope. Still don't hear you. Hold on, we'll give a second. He's going to plug something in and see this is the magic of of live podcasting and features as Charles pushes some buttons. It'll probably have some audio click in here at any moment now. But yeah, uh, Alcorn State takes on Let's see. Nope, hold on a second. Hold on. Bring you back in. Nope. I think now he's going to, I think one last time, I think if he logs in now with the audio, this is the one thing about uh, uh, this platform, this platform and, and I, and the iPhone, iPad thing, it just, it's funky. It does that. Uh, yeah, there's a, this is the first week tomorrow. College basketball officially starts the HBC landscape, men and women's basketballs, all all across the country taking place. Uh, maybe I'll give a quick mention at some point of who some of the the power programs that we're playing, that our HBCUs are playing. Um, I know. Playing? Uh, Cha-ching. Scheduled to play. Yeah. Collecting a check from. Is that how I should, that, is that how I should better have worded that? <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> Um, while, while we're waiting on Charles, I didn't want to make a mention of a couple of football notes here, uh, because of some things that I pulled up again, 
shout out to uh, Edward Waters University, who won 41 to 17 over those Virginia Union, uh, not Virginia Union, Virginia Lynchburg Dragons for the first time since 2004. Uh, the Tigers, Edward Waters, finished a season with a winning record. Uh, they finished their six and four, five and three in SIAC play. And uh, Virginia at one point had a five game winning streak. So, uh, very uh, congratulations to Coach uh, Toriano Morgan for what they accomplished. Uh, also, give a shout out to Florida Memorial uh, for their win. Uh, Florida Memorial picked up their fifth conference win uh, over a school that you know of, Drew, 37 to 24 over Thomas University. Uh, and their record is uh, 6 and 3, and actually have a chance next week to to create a three way tie in the uh, conference. So, yeah. All right, let's see. Hey, I think we got Charles. Sounds like we do. Good evening, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. We hear you. This time we can. It's what, it's what we call user. Hey, Brian, let's just move our lips like like Charles uh, can't hear us and he don't, you know. You don't be like, don't be like that. Uh, Charles. Oh, don't be uh, like, I won't do you like that, Charles. I, I know you're I know you're on the road. I was telling Drew, uh, you know, I, was, I was looking at the schedule. You are in Fayetteville, Arkansas. For tomorrow's basketball season opener, I'm assuming. Yes? No, sir. Not uh oh. I am in Starkville, Mississippi with the Lady Braves. You know, they say ladies oh. first. Ladies first. So the Lady Braves are first. They're first up on the docket. Uh so I'm here in Starkville, which is a lot closer, obviously. We had the game last night. So uh I'll the men actually play at home on Wednesday against Xavier. So I thought it was a good trade-off. I would love to be in Fayetteville, been there before, but the Lady Braves are closer, could get back for the men. So, one and one, the women Monday and the men on Wednesday. Okay. Hey, that's fair. Which Xavier is that, uh, Charles? Xavier of Louisiana. Oh, Man, yeah. That's that is his own stopping ground. So, a very familiar, very familiar team. Oh, yeah. Coach uh, Coach Alfred Williams and uh, Xavier should be coming in the building with the, with a the good squad, I'm sure. Um, okay. So, Obviously, Alcorn, 44-21 to 21 victory over Southern. Uh, you jumped on them 24-7. to seven. Uh, You stepped on the cat's tail earlier and just kept chopping. It, what – describe what I, I, what you saw. I mean, was – that was probably a, a dom- more of a dominating performance than you thought, huh, Charles? Um, yeah, it was, but I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I like swag football in totality. And yes, the Braves did what they were supposed to do. But to watch a total collapse of the Jaguars, to me, was it was more shocking than anything. Undisciplined, player gets ejected, and over 100 yards in penalties, turnovers, mistakes, um, I did not see that coming. This is a, as a fan of the swag. Now, yes, I'm glad the Braves took care of business. The Braves took advantage. You got to give them credit for it. You got you had a kid, Keenan Leishman, who was from Baton Rouge, who had a strip six and a pick six, and he's from Baton Rouge. His father went to Southern University. Oh wow! He won, 
Southern University on two different occasions. I just found out just within the last hour, there were two occasions in which the Jaguars had a chance to get Leachman. Leachman wanted to be a Jaguar, didn't happen, wound up a brave. And he said after the game, it's personal. It's personal. That was a personal deal. You, you get it. Um, but just the total dismantling of Southern University by their own volition, turnovers, mistakes. I mean, look, the Braves did what they had to do, but when you get handed to something on a platter, you got to take advantage of it. The Braves definitely did that. And as a fan of the SWAC, you just could not believe what you were seeing after trailing seven to nothing. And I knew special teams would be a factor. And Akeem McNair, who normally doesn't return a lot of punts, you know, he tried. I don't know what he was trying to do, but he lost it. Southern had a short field, something I knew we could not do because Southern offensively was very anemic. You can't give them a short field. And we did. They took advantage of it. But once the Braves got rolling, thanks to Southern University, they just they just took off and the Jaguars did did not respond. Um five wins in a row now. Uh and, and really six of the last seven. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that game against uh, was it Prairie View where you lost uh, at the end of the game? We'd be talking about a seven-game winning streak right now. Um, Alcorn's playing as well as anybody in the in the, in the conference. Maybe even better than FAMU if you listen to some folks in Tallahassee. Yeah. And, and when you look at this team, it's kind of transformed itself. I mean, de defensively, we are playing well at the end of last season. So what you're seeing on the defensive side of the ball is nothing new. But coming into this season offensively, we were wondering, you know, would Tyler Macon be the guy, the Missouri transfer, who got some snaps yesterday, by the way. Looks like he's healthy. He had been banged up. But what would this offense look like with Aaron Allen? You know, not a not a, not a running quarterback a year ago. And he's been terrific, you know, being able to move the pocket and get some things done with his feet. And he's just throwing the ball at a whole nother level, a thousand percent better than it was last year before he got hurt against Grambling last year. So this offense has transformed themselves from what we know with race football to be run first, run second, to now all of a sudden out of the shotgun, five wide, spraying it all over the yard. That's something, if you told me six months ago that was going to be our offense, I never would have believed it. But that that's probably the bigger story. We knew the defense was going to be good. We knew that. A lot of youth, a lot of athleticism. We lost a lot, but a lot of kids grew up last year. But this offense and the way that they've been able to get it done throwing the football is probably the bigger surprise in terms of how this season has gone as far as the last seven games, as you mentioned. And our defense have been lights out against Preview until that last drive. Panthers kick a field goal at the horn, and right now that game is very much in play. And uh, we got to continue our good work. And uh, let's go Jaguars. I mean, can the Jaguars get off the deck at home against, uh, against Preview coming up this week? If that's the case, we win the division come Sunday at six o'clock. <laughs> Amazing. Oh wow. Go ahead, Drew. Well, first of all, Charles, I hope you guys do uh go ahead and pick up this that victory because that will mean that your boy is right because I picked Alcorn and family back in July to be in the SWAT championship game. So I need y'all to do y'all part. And not let this game Sunday be a trap game as you guys look forward to, obviously, uh, what is formerly known as the Soul Bowl. I don't know what the heck we call it these days. Uh, with Jackson State uh, coming up third week of 
November. And I'm going to be honest with you, Charles. The one team out the West that scares me as a FAMU Rattler is Alcorn State. So what is what is it that makes Alcorn special? And should we get that matchup between Alcorn and FAM? What what is it that Alcorn can do to beat FAMU? Fight. Fight. One word. Fight. You know, we lost to Prairie View, right? We come back against Alabama State. They have the ball in the lead with four minutes left at our five-yard line. They fumble the dog on football. We get the ball deep on our own territory. We fight. We battle. Our receivers make plays. We send it overtime and win that on a field goal. And from there, you just felt like confidence was building on this team because there was a lot of uncertainty coming out of that preview game. Would we be able to figure this thing out? So if there's one thing that Rattler fans up, and Willie Simmons knows this because Fred McNair was a quarterback's coach when Willie Simmons was the offensive coordinator at Alcorn. So Willie Simmons knows all about Alcorn. I guarantee he's got one eye on the Braves, probably as we speak. Uh, the one word I would say is fight. We're going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and battling. You might scratch your head. You, you might kick the table. You might kick the chair. But we're going to figure out a way to continue to fight, come up with a turnover, a big play. And just kind of build it from there. That's the one thing I would say about this Braves team that's undeniable. Because these last, during this streak, look, Valley, it was 10-7 at halftime. Um, it was 14-7 with, with uh, UAPB at halftime. You just got to keep fighting and making plays and building on it. So even though, yeah, we're one of the hottest teams in the league, we've been a second half. We've been a fourth quarter team. The first half has just been... It's been kind of push and pull. That Southern game last night was the best first half that we've had all year long. Now, yeah, the Jaguars handed it to us on a platter. There's no doubt about that, but we took advantage of it. So I think for Fred McNair, that four-quarter game, I think he got a lot of that yesterday, and now we got two tough games on the road, and we got to keep it up. All right. All right, Charles. Enough about Alcorn because – there's two other teams right there on Alcorn's tails. Should Alcorn slip, that have a uh, shot to win the SWAC West, and one of them actually owns a tiebreaker against you guys. That being Prairie View and Southern, who take on each other this week. Uh, which what do we have to look forward to in that particular game, Charles? I have no idea. As far as Southern is concerned. We're pulling for Southern University, and I've said this to Carlos on his show many a time. When the Jaguars need to win a big game at home, and yeah, they've beaten Alcorn the last two times at home, but for the most part, when Southern needs to win a big game at home against one of the top-tier teams in the league, they just can't get it done. I challenged them against FAMU. They didn't get it done. I challenged them against Jackson State. They didn't get it done. And this is a big game just in terms of staying in the conversation, and it's senior day. It's their last game. You know, you want to you want to go out with a bang on senior day. Do I think the Jaguars can pick themselves up off the mat? I don't. I'm sorry. I, I love the Jaguar Nation. I love Baton Rouge. And I think I don't think too many people disagree with me that Southern University at home in Mumford, they play with a lot of tense moments. They're they're tense. They tighten up at home. Maybe the fans, I don't know. But I, I don't have a lot of faith that Southern can rise up and get it done at home. Saturday, 
Um, I just think that they probably feel like they're done. I mean, the Braves just took it to them. And what, what does Southern have to look forward to, really, other than just senior day, staying in the conversation halfway, getting ready for the Bayou Classic? That may not mean anything in terms of, you know, the swag standings. But I, 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 I don't think that Southern can rise up. I'm just saying that just as a swag fan. I'm putting my swag fan hat on right now. Um, I'm not looking forward to much from Southern University, considering what happened yesterday. A lot of anger, a lot of frustration um, with the Jaguar Nation right now. I don't expect much from Southern University. I might be wrong, but based on what, what we just saw yesterday, how can you pick yourselves up off the deck based on the dismantling in the first half last week? The undisciplined penalties, no off the offense, it's a struggle. Defensively, they hang tough, but when you can't get anything done offensively, you put a lot of stress and strain on your defense. So what I expect, I think Southern will play with a little bit of passion, a little bit of heart, but Prairie View's just the better team, and Prairie View's just trying to stay in the conversation. And I do think, Brian, they're trying to avoid that mantra of not finishing strong. The last two years, they've lost to Valley. The Braves knocked them out of the, West, the Western Division race last year. You know, you know, you handed it to them last week. And I think Preview just wants to show that they can they can at least stay in the conversation. So I think Preview has a lot to prove too. You know what's fascinating hearing you talk about Southern. It's exactly how I felt about Preview uh, after after the family came because Preview had they I mean literally had got outscored seventy five to seven in the last two games shut out by that uh, the Houston Baptist school, and then we put 45 to seven on them. And I watched that preview team and I, I really was, I mean, I'm, I'm really miffed looking at them. I'm just like, how are they going to, I don't trust them to win the West. I, I really don't. And, and, but like you said, now they're the ones just two weeks, <laughs> two weeks removed from probably your lowest point. Now you're the ones that get a chance to really take out Southern, which really that could be an elimination game if they take out Southern. And then they're sort of on the sideline rooting for whether it be Texas Southern or Jackson State, who you all have to play. I mean, so uh, I, I think this preview still have a game again. I'm, hold on, I'm scrolling through the schedule now. I'm trying to see. Well, they've got Alabama State, so it's not, it's not going to be a tough game. Uh, road for them either, but um, yeah, th this thing is not over for anybody, even though you guys are kind of in that driver's seat. I I'll say it like this, Charles. You're in the driver's seat today, this week, but that could change uh, Saturday night, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if the Braves can win the division Sunday at about 6 o'clock, if the Braves beat Texas Southern and and obviously Southern um, wins their game with, with Prairie View. Um, I think when you look at this WAC season, there have been probably three or four head-scratcher games that just makes you want to scratch your head and go, huh? Bam, you dismantling Jackson State. That makes, you know, the way that game went down makes you scratch your head. Then bam, you Prairie View. That was a head-scratcher, just just the dismantling of, of Prairie View. And then the game yesterday, Alcorn and Southern. I mean, you know, when you just look at the season from start to, to where we are now, there aren't many games that just makes you go, huh? And that, and those three games, in my opinion, my humble opinion, did. And, look, I'm glad the Braves won, but I think if you're a SWAC fan, you didn't expect to see that 
You know, that's one of the that's the game of the week last week. You'd expect to see that. 30 31 unanswered after the Braves led seven nothing and after Southern led seven nothing. Come on, you just didn't expect that. So um, I mean I, I don't know what to expect, but you know, when you when you look at you know Prairie View, um, they're a team that stays patient against Alcorn, they stay patient to the run. They were struggling to run the football all game, but they put it together in the fourth quarter. They came up with the one drive that they needed to kick the field goal. And, uh, you know, that's that's the one game that's keeping them in it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in it. So I, I think if you're looking at preview, you're looking at them going to Baton Rouge, catching a wounded Southern team. I guarantee you Coach McDowell is saying that and preaching that. And I don't know if Southern's going to rise up or not at home. I just I don't I hate to say it because I love Baton Rouge and the atmosphere and the Jaguar Nation and the gumbo and the chicken wings and everything that Muffet Stadium has to offer and fans. But I think many Jaguar folks would agree with me that this this is this this is maddening. This is maddening. And you know, I, I thought Southern would play the best game of the year yesterday, Brian. I really did. I thought they would play the best game of the year because they had no choice but to play their best game of the year. All the, all the talk. All the fussing, all the cussing, and what the Jaguars have done and not done. I thought they would rise up and play well, but they didn't. And so, I don't know what's going to happen. But this, but this preview team, I just think they're just, as they say in the streets, sitting in the cut, waiting for the Braves to stumble. That that Jackson game, I'm I'm concerned about Jackson, but I'm I was telling somebody earlier today, I'm more concerned about Texas Southern. If you look at where the Tigers are now and what they could have been. Yeah. The Tigers much could have been in this Western Division race. They blow a 17-point lead against Prairie View. Um, they had FAMU 14-0. They had Southern on the ropes with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they Jackson. Yeah. You, 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 you can play the what-if game if you want to. They win three of those four games. They're very much in the Western Division race. But that's not the case. And so I think, you know, the law of averages says that at some point they're going to break through. And let's hope it doesn't happen Sunday. That game's been changed from Saturday to Sunday. Texas Southern will be a challenge, as Kelvin Carter just tweeted in. They will be a challenge because they feel like they're the biggest spoilers out there. And that's yeah. what I'm concerned about. Uh, yeah, so again, that game is uh, Sunday, November 12th. Uh, two o'clock, so it, it kind of pushes the schedule back. So you you all will. The one advantage is the team will know where they stand for that game. You know, so it's kind of uh, it could be a little extra motivation. It, it should be motivating either way because you're looking at it. You know, by saying, "Hey, well, I, I either way, there you're looking at it saying, "Hey, we we can't lose if we if we lose." Now we lose our control. If we win, we win the championship. So either way, you're going into that game with some kind of motivation, which I think will be good for Alcorn. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, and kind of change the subject to it's already been announced that the SWAC championship game will be played in Tallahassee, not at FAMU has, you know, uh, done everything they need to do to have the best record. So hooray, y'all for that. But I'm curious, as, as someone who – You've been a part of seeing how the logistics and how it works hosting a SWAC championship game. How does that 
talk talk a little bit. And, and Southern, I think, was the was the team that came in that first year, correct? So, how does how do logistics work? Uh, do you know the the both teams get an equal amount of tickets? Um, the 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 band situation, both bands coming. Um, press box. What what can you share or give insight to 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 Rattler Nation? Uh, you know, Rattler fans, uh, media just in general, on what to expect from hosting the SWAC championship game. First of all, Brian, I want to congratulate you, you know, in person. I sent you a text about it, and uh, job well done to your to your Rattlers. It's nothing like when your school is playing for a championship, whether it's a celebration bowl or whether it's a SWAC, it doesn't matter. The adrenaline is, is just off the charts. So uh, congratulations to the Rattlers. Well-deserved. They did what they needed to do, and other teams opened up the pathway for them. I mean, so you, you, you can't take it away from them. Um, as far as I know, you know, we hosted the first two SWAC championship games on campus. Um, so the SWAC does get involved in terms of media passes and credentials. Um, Andrew Roberts of the SWAC office will work in conjunction with your SID. I'm sure the media, a lot of the media interest in the game. And so, you know, it's, it's just like a regular champion, neutral. They try to treat it as a neutral site. It's just you're holding it on campus. Um, I'm sure there'll be a press conference. Um, I'm sure there'll be practice availability. Um, so I, I think that's that's really important, you know, to treat it as a championship type of game. Um, the other aspect of it, from my understanding, from a financial standpoint, I know you always talk financial. I think, fam, when you host a championship game, you keep the money. You keep the money that's involved. Parking, ticket sales, all of that, that's yours. So, you know, it's been it's been um, it's been talked about at least at all form. We hosted it, we probably made about a million bucks with all the parking and the ticket sales with Southern University coming in. Um, the bands will just the bands are a part of part of it. They'll have their usual spots. So that that won't change. But this is a championship game with media availability and, and, and everything that's involved with it. So, you know, if, if you're the Rattler fans, you're playing at the house. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued at how it will be. Like I said, that's one of the things I've already, we're trying to reach out to, uh, Dr. McClellan the, because I'm intrigued about the setup, you know, because you're used to your setup when you have your home games, you know, your band always sits in a certain place. Your visitors are always in a certain area, but if it's a neutral site, you know, I'm kind of, I'm intrigued by how that might look. You know, because I, I know when I posted something last week asking, and I and I, I was asking Rattler Nation, who would they like to see? And it started floating between Southern and Alcorn. And then somehow I think some Al- some Alconites got involved. And then I think it, it just took off towards Alcorn. So Alcorn is who the poll says people want to see. So I got a feeling there will be a good contingent of Braves Nation coming, um, you know, to, to, to Tallahassee. So I, I'm just curious about what the what the space and what the what Bragg Stadium would look like. That's that's kind of my big interest. I can tell you this much: some alumni, quite a few, have already booked reservations, hotel reservations, in Tallahassee. It's, it's, I hope they got them while the hotel was still cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, it, it, exactly. Um, some fans. 
somebody in an administrator is already looking to Atlanta. I mean, just kind of looking ahead, and they say hotel rooms are off the chart price-wise in Atlanta. And so I was talking to somebody about that today. But um, our fans are looking forward to it uh, if, if that does happen. I think the history between these two schools, you know, we, we played for a championship in 1968 when Marino Castle was. I have a little a old poster that I had that I found in a file cabinet years ago. It's probably a collector's item um, playing Florida a &M in the Orange Blossom back then. And so I, I'm looking forward to that if it happens. Got a lot of work to, a lot of work to do, but it's just the history between Willie Simmons and Alcorn. Being an offensive coordinator, the turnaround of our program, he was part of Jay Hobson's staff um, at, at Alcorn. So I think that's going to add a lot of extra juice to it if, in fact, it, it happens. And then you got two teams offensively that, that are really playing well. I mean, Florida A&M's really, really, really good offensively. Willie Simmons knows how to mix and match. You know, our offense is doing the same thing. So if it does come to that, I think that's going to make it a really, really intriguing and an exciting game. And I love Tallahassee. I made my first trip ever to Tallahassee during basketball season. Yeah. I love I love the setup. So if, if that happens, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it'll be a terrific football game. Terrific if it, if it gets to that point. I, I agree 100% with you. I, I think it's uh, – it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day, and like I said, everybody's got to do their part over these last couple weeks. Uh, the season's not over, uh, and, and look, I I still maintain FAMU is still playing for perfection. I know we have this Lincoln, California team. Everything we do, everything that everyone else has done against Lincoln is how FAMU is going to be compared. I mean, what Tennessee State put fifty on them, shut them out. God forbid we give up a field goal. I, I mean, the, the 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 roof will cave in. If we don't break 50, oh, Rattler Nation would go nuts. So, and then we got to play the Florida Classic. We have to beat Bethune. We cannot end the season with a loss to Bethune. I don't care what their record is. I don't care that they're one in seven, eight, nine, ten going into that game. You can't lose <laughs> to Bethune and then expect to roll into the SWAC championship game the next week. So we're still chasing perfection. So it's a lot on the line for everybody. Well, let me let me ask you this, Brian Fulford. Our former baseball coach, Rick Richardson, who's now back at Florida A&M as a third base coach, he, he, told, he shared the stories between Bethune and, and, and uh, Florida A&M. He says down in Tallahassee, and you would know this, they don't call him Bethune Cookman, they call him Cookman. Is that is that fact or fiction? Yes, yeah, fact. I, I still call him BCC. Matter of fact, that's I still call him BCC. So uh, there, there's there, the Cookman BCC, uh, the, the little school down in Daytona, whatever you want to say that they're all of those things and more. That the school on the water, the school well, on the water. Let, let me say this about Sam. You, this is going to be interesting to see how Willie Simmons plays this. And we've been in a situation where you guys are in. So you're playing Bethune Cookman at the end of the season. At the end of the season, we play Jackson State. We have played Jackson State years in which we've already wrapped up the Eastern Division. We were in the Eastern Division at the time. One year, we lost at home to Jackson State before we went to Houston to play for the championship. And I'm thinking, okay. And I, that was a history lesson for me in this rivalry, all corner Jackson State. Our fans were so angry that we lost to Jackson State, even though we won the division. I'm like, look, yeah, we lost to Jackson State, yes. But yet we're playing for a bigger prize, the SWAC championship. You know what some alums told me? If if we win the championship because we lost to Jackson, in their mind is considered a half a championship. It ain't the whole thing. 
that's just how much that they take that Jackson State Alcorn rivalry seriously. Just like I'm sure Rattler fans take the Bethune Cookman rivalry seriously, as as you mentioned. But I'm, I'm anxious to see how Willie Simmons is going to play this rest versus rust. You got a little time to get ready for the championship at the house, whoever it is, whoever it is. How do you play it? You rest guys. You know, I thought Southern would score 100 against Lincoln. As it turns out, it, that wasn't the case. So I'm anxious to see how the Willie Simmons plays this these last couple of games. Well, I, I hope it's uh, play to win, but play to give guys an experience. Um, meaning, I hope the starters play the whole first half, and then you start mixing in some of those second and third string guys in the second half. I, I don't think that's outside of the realm. And and then the Bethune game, I think you just play – you play that until it gets to be a three touchdown lead, and then once you once you have a three touchdown lead in the in the third quarter, maybe I no take that three touchdown in the fourth quarter. Thank you, three touchdown no, in the four fourth touchdowns. Quarter. I need four well, touchdown lead. I, I was gonna say three touchdowns in the fourth quarter with five minutes to play. That's that's my that's my line right there. So happen. Not gonna happen. I mean, look, when it comes to these rivalry games, there is no calling the dogs off. You know that, right? The days of calling the dogs off in football are over. So yes. We got nine years. We we nine years. That's a decade. We there, you got to throw in a COVID year. So there was a decade of losing. Uh, so Bethune gets no breaks because you had a decade of running back at us. No, yes. you gets no break, and we're only on year two of the payback. I won't even stop in Bethune when I'm if I need gas and I'm on high ninety five. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it because we're in Daytona. <laughs> I'm about sportsmanship too. I mean, you know you. You 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 shouldn't you know score eighty points or whatever it is, but that's just not that's not sports today. If a team can score seventy, you know Melvin Spears, who used to be a coach at at Alcorn and as at Grambling, he said something many many years ago. He said, "If you're trying to score down sixty to seven, I'm trying to score up sixty to seven. And I think that that mantra is still is true today when you see all these teams early in the season scoring sixty and seventy points. So the days of calling off the dogs are over, and you know, hey, but but you gotta look out for the bigger prize though. You get guys hurt and you're up 58 to seven, and you and they're not available for the SWAC championship game. That's gonna be talked about all over social media and on the Black College Sports Network too. So Willie Simmons got to kind of weigh in all that as he uh, gets down the stretch. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, uh, we gotta let you go, Charles, because uh, we gotta. We got to do the top five, and then we got to get out of here from the bonus hour. Uh, any uh, let let people know again the schedule that you're covering. Obviously, basketball, and uh, let people know what they can expect from the uh, Alcorn State Sports uh, Radio Network. Yeah, this this is a busy time. You know, basketball season starts tomorrow. The men and women are in action. We have men's action coming up this week. Uh, we go to Houston next week. I'll be in Arkansas for a men's game UAB. So this is a busy time for me. You know, support SWAC basketball. I know our fans are all into football, and we talk about, you know, getting interested in SWAC basketball. We usually don't, seriously, until after the Super Bowl, and I'm going to catch heat for it, but we just don't. We're in the football right now. We're in the NFL, the Colts, the Rams, the Rattlers. It, it's okay, but uh, I, I, I'm hoping that we do a, a really good job winning some of these non-conference games in, in the SWAC. That, that's my schedule, and just waiting to see how this thing plays out. It, it's an exciting time of the year. 
Yes, indeed. Um, and I'm glad you got some home basketball games this year. You know, I know you've already played one uh, against Miles, and then you got the one coming up against Xavier. So uh, that that's a positive. That's a positive. You got to get people. You got to get people interested in learning and about the team, knowing the team, seeing the team, for them to follow the team. You can't wait until the conference season to give somebody a taste of the team. And then they're like, wait a minute, what, what you guys have been playing for the last two months? Like, yeah, we've been playing the last two months. You didn't know? Oh, okay. But anyway, um, all right. Have a good week this week. Uh, hopefully you guys get some wins. And uh, hopefully you guys uh, have a good experience. And, and good, luck to your, good luck to the Braves on Sunday. Yeah, my, my Rams are struggling. The Braves are all I got to talk about, Brian. I have nothing else to talk about on that front. Go Braves. I didn't even know your quarterback wasn't even playing, Charles. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful I don't even have him on my fantasy team because I'd have been upset. I didn't even know he wasn't playing. So that's the Matthew Stafford, by the way. I, I think the Rams are going to try to load him at the end of the year. That contract is loaded. Hey, Kirk Cousins is available. Anyway, <laughs> like nah, you know what? Okay. All right. Charles, it's good to hear from you. Take, at Tallman Radio is where you can find him on X. Make sure you follow Charles and uh, make sure to check out his work with the Alcorn State Sports Network. All right, Charles, appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Uh, Drew, let's get into our top five. Uh, do you want to – I'm going to load up the slider. Oh, I guess it, I, I thought I had it loaded earlier. Yeah. Hold on. I'll, I'll get it. I'm here. All right. Uh, top five rankings, BCSN top five rankings, games played uh, through uh, November 4th. Uh, any other note? When you look through the show notes, any other things that I wanted that you wanted to hit on that we maybe didn't talk about? Uh, no, nah, this. Let's get let's get these top fives. Let's get these picks that we forgot last week and get out of here. I I do want to. I, I, I did I mention about my two team? I did mention my parlay, the A and T Hampton parlay. I did mention that. Um, South Carolina State defeating Howard at homecoming. Um, given everything that South Carolina State was going through, South Carolina State's AD essentially resigned. I want to say under the cover of darkness, but pretty much didn't nobody know that she had resigned. At least it didn't publicly get out until the next week, but she had resigned abruptly on a Friday. The weekend goes by South Carolina state obviously didn't have a game because they played on Thursday. And then a report kind of came out on Monday that, Oh, uh, buddy pews. Now the AD you're like, what, what happened to Keisha Campbell? And, so uh, that was a Friday news dump after a Thursday night football game. Nobody was looking. I knew. <laughs> I think she turned, she may have turned it into one person. I don't know. I'm just I'm messing. I don't know. All I know is I looked on. I saw on social media. I saw this photo of her, and she had this very beautiful, calm, relaxed smile, which was her new Twitter profile. <laughs> I said, I said, you go ahead, Madam Ad. You, whatever is going on at South Carolina State, you look calm and comfortable uh, with and leaving whatever mess there is with somebody else. And and it must be some mess because she is an alum of South Carolina State. So, you know, I don't know. There, there's a story there that I'm sure we'll get more into and we'll learn more about. But, uh, man, that – and so, so with all that said, Drew, 
here comes Howard, right? Howard, who's needing a win to stay even with North Carolina Central to set up next week's big showdown. And what do they do? They lose 27 to 24. I'm, you know, Howard, you, as, 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 uh, as Joshua Sims retold the story this morning, uh, there's hell to pay coming this weekend in the terms of North Carolina Central. Uh, and they're coming for Howard. I, I, that may be. I, I jokingly said that, that South, that North Carolina Central may beat Howard by 40, 40. Yeah, they, they, there's blood to be shed. North, North Carolina Central has no love for Howard, and the way Howard is playing, I want no parts of Howard. I don't even know what the line's gonna look like, Drew, but this might be a a a, a, a hold my nose and just slide the money onto North Carolina Central and don't even look. Don't even look at the beating that's about to take place because it might get ugly. Just just slide your money over on North Carolina Central and just walk away. Walk away from the counter and then come back in about five hours and collect your check and just do it quietly. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Uh, all right, let's get into these top five rankings uh, for the week. Uh, week number 10 in the HBCU football world. Starting with our mid or non-division one teams. Um, our teams that are in the hunt, our teams that would probably be six through 10. And there you see Miles, Tuskegee, Edward Waters, Fayetteville State. Very surprised to see Fayetteville State so low. But then again, you know, you think about their schedule and it, it has been. Uh, that record is incorrect, which is, by the way. For who? Fayetteville State. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Um. All right. So, but the numbers are correct. The points are correct. So yes. please, please forgive. All right. Number five is uh, Fort Valley State finishing up uh, right now. It might be their season finishing up at seven and three, six and two overall. Uh, we'll, we'll wait to we'll wait to see whether they receive any kind of invite to that beach bowl. Number four, Virginia State. Uh, their season may be over as well. Eight and two, six and two in conference play after that loss to Virginia Union. Number three, Florida Memorial coming in at six and three, five and one in conference play to Sun Conference. Uh, who does Florida Memorial have this upcoming weekend, Drew? They have Kaiser. Okay. And Kaiser is one of two teams that, uh, well, wait a minute. What's, what's, how's the standings go? Kaiser is the undefeated team? Yes. All right. And so, and, uh, uh Florida Warriors tied with St. Thomas uh, at five and one. St. Thomas beat yes. Florida Memorial. That's their only loss. Kaiser beat St. Thomas, and so if Florida Memorial can beat Kaiser, then you got a three-way tie for possibly the conference title. Correct. And I don't know who would go to the playoffs in that scenario. I'll let um, you know when I find out. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, Number two, Virginia Union, moving just 
slowly moving their way up uh, to number two. Uh, nine and one, seven and one, about to play in the CIAA championship against Fayetteville State. Number one, uh, unbeaten Benedict College, wire to wire, number one in our rankings. Second consecutive 10 and 0 season. And with the win in the SIC championship, it'll be their second consecutive 11 and 0 regular season. Congrats to Coach Chinnis Berry. Um, Records are wrong, but the rankings are right. Uh, Benedict, number one, Virginia Union, two, Florida Memorial, Virginia State, and Fort Valley State. All right. Um, moving ahead to our Division One side in our top five rankings. This will be interesting. Ah, in the hunt. Big road win for the Hampton Pirates, who, you know, you know, I was on the right side of this, Drew. When I first looked at this line, Hampton was an eight-point favorite. And every time I refreshed, about every 15 minutes, it kept going down from eight to seven. <laughs> then I looked, and it was five. And I was like, God, dog, everybody must be thinking like me. There's no way Hampton is an eight-point dog. Sure enough, their outright winner is what they were. Uh, plus 200 is where I saw it. again. I made the mistake of pairing it with North Carolina A&T on homecoming, and it cost me. Uh, I should have – damn you, A&T. Damn you. Anyway, uh, Howard, Alcorn State, watch for them to rise up. And Southern, uh, that's in the hunt. Teams six through nine is what we would categorize those in our rankings. Number five is Jackson State. Ooh, that's that's a bit of a drop, if I'm not mistaken. Jackson State. I think was four last week. They bounced from four to five every week. Mm, interesting. Seven and three, five and two overall. Uh, they've got uh, their last name is Alcorn. They got a bye coming up. Yes. Okay. A bye. They have a, they have a rare again. late season November bye. Right, and that's because probably because it does week uh, zero? BX, BX Swag no, Challenge. Yeah, week zero. They played the Swag Challenge in week zero. So so Jackson State is in fifth. Four is Alabama State. Uh, they got a win over Grambling by a score 17 to 6 in Mobile. Alabama State is going to be an interesting play for I think they still had preview on the schedule. Yes, they got preview the last week of the season. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting ball game, especially if preview. Uh, I hope preview don't need that game. Yeah, if preview happens to need that game, because I think as Charles explained, uh, if Southern wins, then that means Alcorn would win the West. But if preview, am I saying that right? Yes, yes if preview wins then they still have to play Alabama State and Alcorn would play Jackson State. So it'd be some interesting East versus West battles in the final week of the regular season to determine who would win the SWAC West. And it would guarantee if Prairie View wins, it guarantees that the Bayou Classic will just be the 50th Bayou Classic and won't mean anything to anybody out of the state of Louisiana. I'm just sorry about that, Chuck Hunt. Sorry. Uh, Number three. Dropping uh uh for the first time in a in a long time, Tennessee State 
Uh, they did lose a game, 35 to 21. Uh, disappointing, disappointing outcome for them. They lost to Charleston Southern. Uh, Gabe Gardenia, Gardenia, excuse me, over at Charleston Southern, beating up on Eddie George. HBCUs. And- do if you can avoid it, do not play a Gabe Gardenia's coach team. He beat HBCUs. Obviously, when he was at Albany State, and now he goes to a non-HBCU and comes back and beats an beats an HBCU. Still, he's got the HBCU number when he's coaching against him. Is Tennessee State officially out of the OVC race? There's no chance. They've got a puncher's chance, and they pretty much ruined their chances of a playoff bid too. I think at this point, uh, that's probably over. Yeah. Amazing how that works out. And any any claims to an HBCU national championship are gone. Are down the toilet. Flush. Number two, Florida AM moving up a week. Uh the SWAC Eastern Division champs take on uh Lincoln, California, and sort of an ex uh, it's an exhibition game, but it's a real game. And then they close out the season against Bethune-Cookman before they host the SWAG championship in about a month on December 2nd in Tallahassee. Just just waiting to see who they will play. Uh, it seems like, no, that's right. There is a two-week gap between. Yes. Um, that's an interesting conversation for another day. We yeah, there's always a two-week gap because of the uh, yeah. value. Well, you know, and I I think there's that thing about the FCS only getting to play 11 games when the FBS can play 12. I know next year that won't be an issue. But uh, anyway, moving forward, it's just something to think about. Number one, North Carolina Central uh, really didn't have any trouble with Norfolk State. It beat them 38 to 24 for homecoming. Um, I'm wondering, Drew, did you notice somebody in Dr. Cavill's poll switched their vote? I, I don't know what that person could have been thinking or could have been, I mean, like nothing really changed on a week when Florida A&M beat Prairie View 45 to seven, right? And North Carolina Central beat a dazed and confused Buddy Pew, South Carolina State team, 60, 60, what is it, 62 to 28? Yes. I mean, somehow that one voter said, oh, that makes North Carolina Central better. You've been voting Florida A&M first place for the last three to four weeks. And all of a sudden, and, and Drew, if you bear with me here, I'm specifically talking to whoever that voter is that flipped. You chose that one week to somehow uh, I, I I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. You know, again, Prairie View was the, in first place in the West. Florida A&M beat them 45 to seven. South Carolina state was the same South Carolina state team that you saw get bludgeoned by Jackson state at the beginning of the year. And on a Thursday night with little rest, because they had just played Saturday, you chose to switch your vote. This is why I love computer rankings. That's all I'm going to say. But computer rankings have North Carolina Central in first place. And so I guess, hey, 
Maybe that maybe they were looking at our computer rankings, Drew, and that was the reason why they flipped their votes. I don't know. All right. There's your rankings. Look at the gap. I, I refuse to believe that the gap is so big between Central and Florida AM, but it is. Uh Central, Florida AM, Tennessee State, Alabama State, Jackson State. Uh, and there's your top five rankings. All right. Any any comments or anything you want to throw in there, Drew? No, sir. All righty. Um uh, let's take a look quickly at our games for November 9th through the 5th. Um, I'm just scanning. Uh, obviously, the two championship games. We have the two championship games. Um, Benedict versus Albany State played in Atlanta at Lockwood Stadium. Uh, we know Benedict. That's only that for those fans, it's about a two hour drive for Albany. It'll be about a So really it's about a good central location for both teams. Three, three and a half to, for Albany. Actually, Columbia is closer. Yeah. Columbia is closer than Albany. Okay. So, but uh, Lakewood stadium holds about 10,000 people. It'd be interesting to see what type of crowd. Uh, that stadium uh, brings in for that contest. Uh, d- d- how much of a chance are you giving Albany State, Drew? Who are you taking this game, Benedict or Albany? Um, I don't have a point spread. Let me see if I can pull up a a point spread real quick while you're while you're thinking about that. Uh, the Albany State of the last two weeks has a puncher's chance. The Albany State of the first eight weeks will get blown out by 40. <laughs> Which Albany State is going to show up? For Albany State, it's going to be real simple. They have got to keep the ball on the game, on the ground, and control the clock. But I don't know if you noticed this, Brian, but in that Fountain City Classic, there was a quarterback change at the end. Oh, I did and, not. And that's when Albany State came back. So the question that everybody needs to know is who's going to be who's going to be taking the ball in the pistol for Albany State? Hmm. Um, I'm pulling up Albany State's uh page right now and the box score. Uh, so yeah, I did not know that Deontay Bono Bono got pulled. Bono got pulled, huh? I can't find the box score for whatever reason. Uh, Jaden Sullivan, huh? Ended up taking over from there. Interesting. Not not a thing that's interesting from the Benedict side. They are two totally different styles of quarterback. So now Benedict has to prepare for two different styles of quarterback. And you know what? Maybe that's, I'm sure Coach Gray will keep that close to the vest because that's what you want. You want your opponent thinking about who might be starting, who might be playing. Look, with that that Benedict defensive line, 
I don't think it matters who the who's uh under center. Uh, I, if I set the line, I think I think a, a fair line might be about uh, thirteen and a half. Who are you taking? I'm still taking Benedict and over. Benedict, well, over how far? How far over? I mean, because they, I mean, they held Allen to nine points. That's why I'm taking Benedict in the over. What? what, what so oh, I'm over. taking Benedict in the points. Well, okay, I was gonna say the over. I mean, hell, yeah. I mean, what? The, you think the line's gonna be thirty points? No, the, the over under might be like thirty, uh, might be forty two. What if it's forty one, forty two points? I'm still taking Benedict in the over. In the over, okay. So you don't, you're not giving much credit to the dirty blue defense. Huh? Okay. Um, I got Benedict. I, I'll lay the 13 and a half. Okay. The CIAA championship. Uh, Virginia Union, Fayetteville State. 10 to 7. Uh, and a hurricane. This one is hopefully nicer, cooler, yet calm conditions. Fayetteville State has kept Games to a touchdown or less for six consecutive weeks, all of which they've won, by the way. Uh, and I think seven of the last eight, or at least seven games, they, they're six and one, I think is the number. Either seven and one or six and one overall in one score games, touchdown or less. Can they, Drew, can they stay with Virginia Union? How do you see this one going? Yes, they can stay with Virginia Union. This will be a low-scoring ball game. You know, these two teams won't combine for over 40 points. You'll be lucky, honestly, if these two teams combine for 30 points. But So look for an under if you see it anywhere. Oh, I'm take, I, I, I definitely would take the under in this game. Okay. But I, I, I just think it's – Union is on a mission and revenge mission equals W to me. I do think it'll be a one possession, one score game still. Definitely. So if there were a, if, if the line were six and a half, I would have to shade towards Fayetteville state. I think anything seven or under, I think you got to play Fayetteville State, man. And like, I agree with you. Any any under anything under thirty eight, um, I would get nervous if it got to the low thirties. But um, I could see this game going Virginia Union by a final score of seventeen uh, fourteen. You know. 17-12, maybe all field goals for Fayetteville That's State. what I was going to say. They're, 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 they're both teams, if you gave me the over-under for total field goals in this game at five, at four and a half, I would say take the over on the field goals in this game. Okay. Um Let's, uh, let's go to our, probably our MEAC game of the week. And I mean, without a doubt, 
um, North Carolina Central traveling up to D.C. to take on Howard. Right now, it's a 3.30 Eastern game. Uh, hey, you give Howard a puncher's chance, Drew? Yeah, I do give Howard a puncher's chance. But it's kind of hard to punch Floyd Mayweather and hit Floyd Mayweather hard. And that's what Central is. Central dance all around Howard. Yeah. Central. Yeah, I'm I, again I already told you how I'm feeling. I'm I'm laying them I'm laying the points with Central and I'm just gonna walk away. That's all I'm gonna do. Uh no matter now I think there is a threshold, but I think you know I think I don't think it'll be any higher than two touchdowns. But I would love yeah, I would love to see a 13 and a half. Hell, even 14. I'm laying it with Central. The MEAC game is got to be preview at Southern. You mean the SWAT? I'm sorry, the SWAT game. The SWAT game is, is I mean, there, there are other games out there starting on a Friday night where you've got Grambling traveling to Pine Bluff, Alabama AM traveling to Bethune, um, Alabama State traveling to Valley, but none of those, none of those have the the ramifications of preview traveling to Baton Rouge to take on Southern two teams that whew, uh, it's painful for these fan bases to watch their team just kind of be up and down. You don't know who's what uh, Dooley playing his old team Dooley. I don't think he's coaching for his job, but Man, what what would a loss to Prairie View look like for Coach Dooley on the bluff? It would look like pressure because remember, Dooley only signed a three-year contract initially. Yeah, well, there definitely won't a loss here. There definitely won't be an extension in the offseason. No, and and you still got to play Grambling, so so you know you, you still have to beat Grambling. But you know, I I think going into the Bayou, knowing that it's all over, especially if Prairie View wins um, and eliminates Southern. Yeah, that'll be that'll be tough. But if Southern wins, though, boy, we get we get we get a we get to pay attention to some some interesting scenarios the following week. You know, it, it makes all four watching those East versus West showdowns actually means something. So uh, who you got Southern or Prairie View, Drew? Charles always brings up an interesting stat. Southern in a big game at home is not cash. I th- Prairie View. I, I I got Prairie View in this particular game, which means that the last week of the season for Alcorn and Prairie View is actually going to be some scoreboard watching. So I think I'm going with Prairie View in this game. 
yeah, I'm I'm going Prairie View as well. I I I I hate to I hate to do that to Southern at home. Um, I did I did I did pick Prairie View in the preseason. I I don't like them at this point uh, to 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 win the West, but they still got a shot and uh, to stay alive going into the final week. Uh, they got to beat Southern. So uh, it's about who do you trust? And give me the team that just won. <laughs> I hate to say, I hate to, at the end of the day, sometimes it just comes to that. Give me the team that just won. Hey, hey Brian, wouldn't it be real anticlimactic? <laughs> Fam, you already sewn up the East and all corn sold up the East this weekend or the last week of the season outside of the rivalry. Means nothing in the race. Yeah, yeah. You can you can start printing your t-shirts, and you can start a lot of it help it help a lot of manufacturers can start printing t-shirts. T-shirt man can start to start uh, getting their reservations and and travel plans in order. Um, I, I think from from that perspective, it'd be a good thing. But uh, for the actual drama of football, a uh, bad thing, a bad thing. So. Uh, yeah, let, let's let's do this another week. Let's let's see what happens, and I, I'm going to take Prairie View over Southern, and uh, put a put an end to their season, and uh, go from there. So, uh, again, just kind of looking at it here, the SIC championship will be one o'clock East Eastern. I should have hit the mute button yeah you know not to move your headset i know um is that an espn plus game the sic championship i believe so okay uh one o'clock eastern in atlanta uh should be worth it for those of you in the atlanta area the ciaa championship is in Salem, Virginia, Salem Stadium. That is on HBCU Go. And so that's where you'll be able to find that game. Yeah. Brian, I think we still have one more game to pick, don't we? We only did four. No, you want to try to find a fifth one? Yeah. It's only um, one candidate out there. Oh, what's that? Florida Memorial and Kaiser. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, do I? Do I I'll do go I first. Yeah, I'll go, go ahead. first. I don't know anything about. Uh, hold on, I'm, I'm looking up the Sun Conference now, just to kind of see what type of team Kaiser is. Kaiser, uh, I believe Kaiser has one of the top running backs in the Sun Conference. Under the top running back in the Sun Conference is down at Ave Maria. Uh, Florida Memorial, it's real simple. Florida Memorial is going to score big. It's going to score. They like to score off big plays. Problem with Florida Memorial is they will also give up the big play. Florida Memorial has got to limit the big plays against against Kaiser. Kaiser is a team that, from uh, what I've seen, like it will keep it on the ground. They can air it out. But they are in first place for a reason in the Sun Conference. But 
Brian, you know what I'm going to say when it comes to matchups like this. Bet on black. And in this case, I'm betting on blue and orange. Really? Yes. Um, I don't know, Drew. I mean, Kaiser, the last four weeks, they put up 59, 54, 51, and 69. Yeah. Actually, this school, uh, this let me see. They they had they played St. Thomas to a seven point game, and St. Thomas is that team who's tied uh, also with, tied with, with uh, Florida. Florida yes. So, what did? Oh, man, this is tough, one, man. I you want me to bet on black? If I had a point spread, if I had a point spread, I'd bet on black. But uh, um, hell, what the hell? I, I'll go Florida Memorial. And if I saw, if I saw, hey, you can number, go Kaiser to pick up a game on me. You know what? Yeah, I, I need that. I need to pick up a game. Hell, let me keep it real. Let me keep it real. I, I'm I'm sorry, Florida Memorial. I hate to do that to you, but I gotta, you know, I gotta I gotta pick up a game on True. So. I go, I go Florida more. Uh, Kaiser, excuse me. It's Kaiser, the number six ranked team in the country. By the way, let's not let's not sleep on that. But yeah, I'll go Kaiser. I go Kaiser. Uh, so at least I'll be able to get one game because I think you and I picked the same thing on all the other games. All we the other four, we the same. Yeah, we're the same on all the others. Okay. Um, that's gonna do it for tonight's show. Uh, you can always yeah. donate to the show. Support the BCSC in a number of ways. You could, uh, you could also, you could do it on the super chat in the YouTube feed. You could uh, hit the Cash App, uh, my JBN, my BCSN on Cash App. You could also uh, become a subscriber to our YouTube feed. You could join uh, YouTube.com, my JBN online slash join. You could join the Jericho Broadcast Networks and. Uh, continue to support our show and our efforts here. Um want to encourage you to check out the BCSN pod zone. Support the pod zone. You know, there are ads that run during the pod zone for a reason. Support it. You know, please listen. Hey, download, share it, subscribe it. You know, uh, anything you do on any platform is helpful. Whether you're a Spotify listener, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iHeart uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, all of those are great places to show your support of the network. Uh, download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. My JBM, my BCSN is where you can uh, support. And uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. I uh, want to thank all of our broadcast partners for a great football season. Uh, of course, Benedict is still in it. Uh, so we say good luck to them, but we thank all of our other partners, uh, Morehouse. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Morehouse. Yeah, Morehouse, who did get a win, by the way. Congratulations. Got win number one uh, over Clark, uh, who unfortunately will go winless, along with two other schools, uh, Lincoln Memorial and St. Augustine, uh, both un. Uh, both winless. Uh, and then, of course. Uh, now, Lincoln Bowl still has one more chance. 
Oh, they still got one more chance. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, well, we don't want to write them off just yet. So they got one more shot. One more shot. Uh, we want to thank our partners over at Miles. I uh, want to thank our partners over at Edward Waters, Tuskegee, Savannah State. Uh, thank you for allowing us to cover and uh, cover your football seasons. And uh, we, we look forward to a great basketball season, upcoming men and women's basketball for those schools, along with Benedict on the Black College Sports Network. And then we'll add in Payne College as well, um, you know, uh, this upcoming season uh, as they don't have they don't have uh, football. So uh, but we do cover Payne College as well. So that's going to do it for this show. We appreciate you. Hope hope you got an extra 60 minutes worth of goodness. And we appreciate you joining us. Make sure to stay tuned, stay logged in, stay subscribed, share our feeds and everything. So uh, good luck to the teams playing for a championship next weekend. And uh, make sure to follow all of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network throughout the week. For AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Special thanks to our guest. Uh, Stephen Gaither for joining us, Dr. Alvin Parker of Virginia Union, Coach Farasi Norman, and, of course, Charles Edmond of Alcorn State Sports Radio. That's going to do it. Peace out. Be well. And God bless everybody. Travel light. We're all on. But in my peace, they are hard.